Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Hello and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. I am Sean in your face, Holly, and Victor's staying overnight at my place because we went to Arcade Club last night. Vic, Vic, mm. Vic, uh, wake up. Uh, coffee. Vic. coffee, 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 right? You now, get him coffee. <sighs> do you want to do this now? Yeah, come on. <sighs> I'm going out this afternoon. Uh, hello, blah, blah, blah. Welcome to the blah podcast, blah, 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 blah. We are no way affiliated or share the views of Donald Trump's right-hand man, Dave Pence, or whatever his name is. Just thought I'd put that in quick. Really? Yes. He phoned me. He said, can, can we be his sponsor? And you said, no. No. Get out of my face, you mm. crazy man. Mm. Oh, I'm in Blackburn. Yes. We had a great night, didn't we? We did. We went to Arcade Club. Can you get your coffee now? I've got coffee. Mm. Mm. Nom, nom, nom. We've had bacon as well. You fed me bacon while I was still asleep. The bacon's great. Yeah, sleepy bacon's even better. <laughs> mm. So let's tell everyone what we've been up to the past, well, the past two weeks, actually. What have you been up to the past two weeks? Not a lot arcade-wise. I've been out for a few family meals and met the in-laws and stuff. I've been to Arcade Club twice, of course, so that's quite arcade isn't it? It is. Do you know what I'm getting into over there? What are you getting for into? For some reason. Cruising World. Oh, okay. Is that a more modern racer game? Yeah, 90-something. Okay. It's it's good. It's got its faults, but for some reason I'm trying to complete all the laps. Okay, how many levels are there? There's about 12, I think. No? Good old. Mm, I like that. Well, I've been to Scotland last weekend, over Saturday and Sunday, to see Mumsy. I had mm. to give her an iPad and show her how to prod it properly. That was fun. Yeah. Like a 70-year-old woman. But I think she's getting there. She's on Facebook now. Oh, <laughs> I had a really? Facebook request. I said, who's that? I was like, oh my God, it's my mum. <laughs> Um, we went to see Mark Kermode last Monday. Mark Kermode? Mark Kermode. That was at the BFI. It was fun. Always always good, that is. We go every month. It's brilliant. Uh, went to see White Lies again on the Tuesday. So mm. a busy week last week, actually. You've got to watch them. Yes, White Lies. Yeah. Little White Lies. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. Oh, tell, you not, oh. tell you not to sing on the podcast. Oh, yeah, sorry. We're only having, We're only having poetry from now on. <laughs> yeah, sure we are. Uh-oh. So I did all that, and then on the Thursday, a couple of days ago, I went to a Thanksgiving dinner at Wife's Work. I really enjoy turkey, and there's quite a few American students there, so they laid on a Thanksgiving oh, thing. Right. Oh, oh, I love a bit nice? of turkey. Turkey and pumpkin pie afterwards. Oh, it's lovely. It was really good, actually. I met some nice people there. It was good. Mm. She works in St. Mary's University in Twickenham. Right. And it is a beautiful building. It was a big sort of, um, almost like a ballroom we had in. Oh, it's really nice. The place is amazing. You look at my dirty old horrible workshop I work in. I'm quite jealous of where she works. <laughs> so what else have you been doing with arcade stuff then? We've been playing our featured game. We've with... been playing it a heck of a lot, haven't we? It is awesome. We love it. We really like We've that game. We've been playing that a lot with, with a few of the arcade club locals last night. We've been playing Centipede, trying to do well on that. Star Force. 
What else? Terra Terracresta we had to go on, didn't we? we? Terracresta. I, I did my best score on Centipede, and mm. I cannot wait to get mine going. Muddy Music, Ollie, has got the... He's got all the artwork done for me now for my Battlezone panel and the Centipede. He got the Centipede one printed, but there was an, a problem with the laminate on it. I think it crinkled the laminate when he did it, or he doesn't do it. I think someone else prints it, and he wasn't happy with it, so he was getting it done again, because he is a perfectionist. Right. And it's really beautifully laid out. It's really nice. I cannot wait to get it in there. So I've rebuilt the trackball, new buttons, all that sort of stuff. I just need to get the, the PCB fix, which is nearly there, I think. I've got two PCBs. And get it in there. Stop playing. I got 43,000 nice. odd the other night. So did I. I think I beat you by 87 points, yeah. which really pleased me. <laughs> and then Charlie Farr's getting 200,000. He's a demon, that lad. Let's see how he plays. So it's, it's just the accuracy. And he's got very accurate ball control. He has. I could hate him, but he's such a nice bloke. So <laughs> yeah. you can't. He's a lovely yeah, bloke. Yeah, he is. Really but he's yeah. very good at, very, at a lot of a lot of games. Mm. So yeah, that was really nice. And we saw Mr. Troll Nads up there as well. Troll Nads. Mr. Troll Nads. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Yeah. And we had a game of, I think we had, he challenged me to Dig Dug, and I, I beat the high score by loads, because I think it's set to five five lives. Mm. So it's a bit easier than normal. So I beat that by loads. And then we had a few games of beating him, and he actually beat me in one of the games as well. So well done, Dave. Yeah, there's a few of us, weren't there? But it was lots of fun dude. playing that. I, I, I love playing Dig Dug again. I got into it again. Even though mm. I got my own machine at home, I started playing it and really enjoyed it. Yeah, there's tactics to that. I'm not sure I've ever really liked it, but there you go. It's one of those games, isn't it? I mean, I don't think Charlie Farr gets into Dig Dug, does he? No. So it's one Dig of those Dug. games that's different from others, yeah. I suppose. Dig Dug or Mr. Dewey doesn't like it. Same with me. Must mm. appeal to certain people, like I'm, I'm a shooter head, and that yeah. that's not shooting. Actually, Mr. Dewey's a bit of shooting. Sort of. It's lobbing a ball round, isn't it? Mm. What else was I playing there? I had a go of Star Castle. Ooh. I don't like it. It's so difficult, it's, just, isn't it? it's so difficult and it's very, very straightforward. Mm. Shoot that thing in the middle, no tactics, just stay out of the way of the bullets. It's just didn't like it at all. I don't know if there's any more baddies that come later on, you know. I don't know, maybe it gets better, but it just seemed very dull. Mm. I'd convert that to asteroids. Mm. Is it possible? I suppose so. It's got a horizontal vector monitor. Mm-hmm. If you can change the power supply and stuff. Yeah, I right. really like the marquee of Star Castle. It's simple yet effective. The cab looks lovely and where it's got that um it's got like a coloured gel overlay, mm. which is really nice if it's sort of round rings in the middle. That makes a really nice effect to the colours. Mm. It's obviously black and white. That was really nice. Thinking of other games I played there, actually. It's nice meeting all the people there. Loads mm. of people I've never met before came up and said hello, which was lovely. Yeah, yeah. People gave us presents, suspiciously looking like biscuits. Mm. I haven't opened them yet. Mm. But they're definitely biscuits. Mark Happy Dude has given oh. us Christmas presents. Yours looked a bit phallic, your present. It did. I had two little baubles attached to the side of it, which actually were baubles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then the, the big biscuits. The big, big, long thing in the middle, yes. Oof, Oof missus. So there's all that. Really I, enjoyed it. Yeah. I, yeah, I did enjoy it. We played the Scramble there, which is in a Zakaria cab, mm. and it's the Rock Hard Stern set two, mm. and it's difficult as heck. It is. But Mr. Charlie fought 142,000 on it, which is really good going. That's amazing. It's, for that game, it's, it's so much harder. I thought it was just a fuel thing, but it, it's just harder. Mm. You get more rockets come up and everything. We'll talk about it later. Mm. So there is that. Oh, we need to do the draw for our competition we did. What? Oh, yes. Oh, The competition was... The competition was... What is the highest point value fruit in Dig Dug and how mm. much it's worth. And everybody knows yeah. it's a pineapple. Yeah, is it? And it's worth 8,000 points. Uh, did you think it was a pomegranate? It was worth £8.50. 
Yeah. It's not that. So you don't win some. Oh, You're already dear. wearing a t-shirt anyway. I've already so. got a 10-pence t-shirt, yeah. Ooh. I made them. I created the fantastic you design. Did. And they well, are kind of. marvellous. Aren't they good? So how many players have we got here? 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18. 20 entries. Okay. So how are we going to draw this? Right. I'm going to write a number on a sheet. Okay. Uh, times by two. Yeah. Add three. Yeah. Minus seven. Yeah. Add one. Yeah. Take away the age of some people. That doesn't work. And what? What's the, what's the number? Seven. Yet? Seven. The seventh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Zipper. Baz Pats. Zipper wins a T-shirt of his own size. Yes. Well done, Zipper. Um, we'll get in contact with you about the sizes, and we'll get one swiftly made and sent to you. Hmm. Well Excellent. done, sir. Well done. That's good playing that. Excellent. <laughs> Arcade News. Arcade News. As we speak, the Heart of Gamer have an Indiegogo campaign to fund their new arcade, which is opening up in Shepherd's Bush. Somewhere in Shepherd's Bush. Yeah, I think it's one of the Shepherd's Bush shopping centres. Mm. That's quite a nice place in London, actually. Shepherd's Bush is a really cool, happening place. That's yeah. where I saw White Lies. Oh. Shepherd's Bush Empire. Lovely venue. Really good. For all our foreign listeners, Shepherd's Bush is not actually as it sounds. It's not a bush run no. by shepherds. No, it is a place. It's in London. It's yeah. a really cool place to be. Mm. So good luck with that, Mark. Mm. Yeah, keep going on that. A new a new Four Quarters bar to open. Yes, this is the second of the new venue news. Yes, I knew about this already. Mm. And I was sworn to secrecy. Yes. I've known about this for quite a while. It was going to happen anyway. And it is. And it's going to be a brand new venue in East London in Hackney Wick. And I believe this is the Olympic Village. An Olympic Village? Which was created after the Not Olympics. Not a knackered village. No, it's an Olympic Village. Ooh. Apparently it's, it's brand new, so it's going to be lovely. So hopefully I'll be hanging around there in January and have a look around before it opens. So I'll tell everyone mm. about it. But we're going to promote that because it's a great place. The Four Quarters is a lovely bar. Some really good beers there. Proper beers. Good place. Fun games to play there. And they've got this really nice downstairs with a cocktail bar. So the new place, I've no idea what it's going to be like yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Ooh, for all of our listeners overseas, Hackney Wick is nothing to do with candles. But it is in Hackney, mm. which is in London again. Yes. This is unusual because most of the happenings are up north. Yeah. The arcade club is obviously in Bury near Manchester. Mm. And there's not a lot going on in London, really. Well, you've got, you're getting there, aren't you? You've got the Four Thieves, the Four Quarters, yeah. the this one. Mm-hmm. Is there another one which we've talked about? I think there is. Well, there used to be the Hulk, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's hopefully going to be rise again. The Bush of Shepherds. Yes. And the third of our new arcade news is a new barcade opening in Cardiff. It's in Cardiff. Which, that's coming up soon. We've got a link to a website called Wales Online. Mm-hmm. And we'll put that in, the, the show notes, and you can check that out. And it's we'll run by the same people that do... You know these people, you know the place, don't you? What's it called? The Kongs of Kingsbury, Kongs of which is Kings. in Bristol. Yes. And I wasn't ecstatic when I saw the Kongs of Kings, the Kings, Kongs of Kings of Kings of Kongs. The Kongs of Kings, I can't even say it. Kongs of <laughs> Kingsbury in Bristol. Because there was a lot of multi-board games in there. But it was, it was a very busy place, it was happening. Loads of people in there, having a drink and enjoying stuff. They had ping pong tables and all that sort of stuff. But the games weren't being played, unfortunately. I don't know why. Oh. Ooh. So yeah, that was a bit of a shame. But hopefully, good luck to them. Mm. An arcade is an arcade. Yeah. Is in a bar or whatever. Also, we have some new news 
an arcade documentary, sorry, a game in documentaries being made by Sean Astin, who was Samwise Gamgee in Lord of the Rings. Ah, yes, I did see this. He's been involved in another one before, hasn't he? There's a bunch of famous people going to be in this. Mm. Is it a documentary or is it a, a sort of story? It says here, video games have gone from an obscure science experiment in the early 60s to the biggest entertainment medium in the world. Unlocked, the world of games revealed is an all-new groundbreaking documentary series that provides first-hand stories by industry icons, celebrities, consumers, field experts, technology, history, and the future of video games. Sold. I'll be watching that. So you've got Alison Hazelip. I don't know who she is. No idea who that one is. Tom Arnold. I know his face. Yes, he was in lots of stuff. He was married to Roseanne, Ah. I think. Zelda Williams, the daughter of the late, great Robin Williams. Yeah, she's pretty cool as well, especially with the name of Zelda. How cool is that? Michael Rooker, who's been in The Walking Dead and also in The Call of the Dead zombie game. That guy <laughs> was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's the, bad, he he's the sort of good bad guy, in it? He had that evil pen. Yes, he did. God, that pen was bad. Imagine Ooh, yeah. writing at work and that pen goes straight through someone's neck. Yeah, oops. You get sacked. <laughs> Sorry about that. You get absolutely sacked. Penn Gillette, who's the pen and teller guy. Yes. Megan Camarina, who's that? No idea. And Matt Walsh, I've seen Matt Walsh's face. Well, I'll be looking I've just seen to it, it there, but I've seen it before as well. Cool. So that sounds very interesting, and we'll keep you updated on that as long as we don't forget about it. And probably... there's someone in the producer is called Brett Womble. <laughs> Who is he? I didn't know the Wombles of Wimbledon Common had branched out into movies. That's a great name. It is. Mr. Womble. We have some news now, new arcade news, which I'll just run through quickly, okay. but I'm still interested in the new arcade scene, and it's from this year's IAPA event in America, I think is the biggest trade arcade event yeah. in the world. This is for people who run arcades. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the EAG one we have in London here in January. Mm-hmm. So we've got Space Invaders Frenzy, these are the new games from Raw Thrills, it's a Redemption game so you mm-hmm. get tickets out of it. And you've got it's a mounted gun game, so you you actually got a crosshair on the screen and you shoot in the space. It looks a lot of fun. It does look good actually. I, I tell you what, these games, are, I think they have to do the redemption thing because that's what I think kids want. They want to win a teddy or something with these silly tickets. Mm. As long as it's set reasonably low, so kids can have a game and actually win something, that's fine. Mm. But when they're set too hard, I think that's a bit of a problem. And I was talking to someone the other day about some arcade they've been to, and everything was set rock hard. Yeah. And then you can't win anything. That's just unfair. Mm. Especially if the game's a pound to go anyway. Because the, the prize is usually just cheap things. Just cheap Chinese teddies and toys and stuff. Mm. And even if it's a piece of rubbish you're winning, if a kid wins something, they're really happy and they'll have another go. Mm. So long as it's set nice and low so people can win stuff, especially kids who are playing it, yeah. that's great. Mm. But I'd, I'd just go for the game. I wouldn't care about the present. I'd just go for the game. Mm. Next we've got The Walking Dead by Play Mechanics Raw Thrills. Raw Thrills... Mm. Raw Thrills own play mechanics. There's a zombie That's in the house, kids. Thing. Zombie in the house, kids. It's a fun game with the mounted weapons being Daryl's crossbow. If you don't know Walking Dead, you won't know Daryl is. No. He's a, he's a dude. A dude. He's, a, he's a, like a gothic dude. He's he like a crossbow. You might, might like him. Mm, I don't like zombie things. They don't interest me at all. Cruising Blast, another game by Raw Thrills. You like that one? Nintendo. Yeah, we were talking about this last night, weren't we? Mm. Nintendo. I thought Nintendo had stopped in the arcade. Mm. It's nice to see them do another game because Nintendo make flipping good games. Yeah, it's the latest in the cruising series. Like I've been playing Cruising World. Last oh, you'll night. like it then. With some battle elements, so it's a bit of a maybe burnout where you crash into cars and stuff. Oh, okay. And this, the most mental arcade name ever, is returned. Wangan Midnight Maximum Tune Five. Wagwan. Is that what it is? No. I don't know. 
it's a driving game anyway, which is very popular in Japan, not so much over here. You can it's kind of like a an RPG thing where you can save your progress in a story mode. No, not interested. And you need like a credit card thing called a banner passport. Yeah, they're big in banana passport. No. Is banner. that what you need to transport fruit? On no. an aeroplane. You might you could perhaps use I've got it. my banana passport. <laughs> <laughs> That's Bandai Namco, so it must be Ban Ban Passport or something. Yep. Here's a good one we all know about, talked about last time, Daytona Championship Daytona. USA 3. Yeah. It looks very similar. It looks nice, simple controls. You've got the four camera views, accelerate, brake, gear stick. It's what you want. Keep it real, kids. Mm. If it ain't oh, broke, don't fix it. Ultra Race by Eunice is another racer. A lot of racers coming out. Mm. See, the arcades are still going. They're just these big... Flashy entertainment devices that you can't get at home. Things you can't get at home or on yeah. a PS4 or an Xbox One. Yeah. That's exactly how it should be. There's Go Go Jockey, which is a horse racing thing, and actually it's actually like a plastic model. Yeah, Namco had one of those years ago. I made wife sit on one when I first mm. started going out with her yeah. for a picture. <laughs> and <laughs> she she still went out. Yeah, yeah. she's an idiot. What's wrong with her? <laughs> Motion Simulation TL3, which is a huge like. Th- domed kind of Star Wars Battle Pod 3 racing thing Ooh. and it's the emphasis is on realism you know it's not mm-hmm. a, not an arcade racer you're in a racing car I think yeah too real and that it's as big as a house mm-hmm. when I say a house I say half a house a shed when I say a shed you said a shed half I mean a, a toilet a, quite big okay maybe bigger than how big was the shed you were thinking of enough to put a few bikes in maybe yeah yeah I'll do. yeah bike shed Next we have Target Bravo Operation Ghost from Sega. Say it properly. Target Bravo. Operation Ghost. Operation Ghost. style. Oh, COD. Gun. I like to call him COD. COD style gun game in the same series as Ghost Squad and Operation Ghost. Do you know what? I'd rather play with a COD than a play Kill Call of Duty. Or just get a, a dead fish and just look at it. Call of Duty Nazi Zombies is one of the finest... Survival games in history. I loved it. I really loved it. Can I just put a harumph in here? Go on. <laughs> it's arcade style. It's all about points and rounds. Carry on. There's no. No. Apparently, the well, the Nazi games got really complicated, and they started introducing crafting elements and that. Mm. But the first, the first zombie levels were just shoot pick up a gun, shoot stuff, don't get killed while you're reloading, run around. I loved them. I really loved them. Mm. Never been to anyway. That. Don't like zombies. What's wrong? Everyone loves a good zombie. No, they're the worst horror things. No. They're rubbish. You got to have a fast zombie, like no. 28 days later. Don't work, does it? Or War Z. Yeah, like a fast something. Anyway, Pump It Up Prime 2. Pump It Up. Dancing Rhythm Games coming out from Andy Mira. <laughs> Take your partner by the head. Swing her around until she's dead. <laughs> that would be pretty good, actually. Have a, have a DDR game yeah. that's based on line dancing. Yeah. Just have, instead of the four <laughs> controls, we just have one really long line of controls. <laughs> it would do the dozy dough. That would be good. Can't make it, Vic. I might have to do it. We'll pause the podcast okay. before you make it. Anyway. World's fastest drummer. Right, this is mental. This looks quite good. Yes. You've got a screen, two drums, drumsticks. Yeah. And the harder, you, well, the faster you hit the drums, you go along this track and the track lights up. So basically, it's track and field running event with, with drumsticks. That sounds mad, mm. but I would definitely have a go of that. And I would imagine there's different game elements in it, but the one I saw was just this running along a track. I, be, I bet you've got like a symbol for jump or something. Almost mm. like Donkey Kong, isn't it? 
Could be, yeah. What, which was the Donkey Kong game where you had to run along and jump? I think you, you tapped the, the two drums to run and you clapped to jump. Uh, I, I never had yeah. that one. It's the only one out of the three games I didn't have. Is it a GameCube job? Yes. I saw it, I never played it. Yeah, I had the two Donkey Kong games because they are amazing. And I love those games. I still play them now and get a bit sweaty. <laughs> Me and my wife love playing those. We played them at a recent event, actually. And the third one was the game where you... It's almost like Donkey Kong Country, but mm. control with the Donkey Konga controls. But it looks a lot of fun. I have to get it, actually, just to play that. I've got mm. a GameCube. Have a look at that one. I was so amazed with Donkey Kong Country, you know, when it came out on the SNES. Do you know what? When I was talking to Alex the other day in his cave, we had a, we had a little chinwag, actually played a few games and stuff. And he said, oh, you, when you get your Wii U, because I'm going to get a Wii U before long, when mm-hmm. you go, go a bit cheap, cheaper and get one, so some good games on it. And he said, you've got to get this, and it was Donkey Kong Country. And I said, no, I never liked it. Didn't you? It looked great for the time, especially on the SNES, it was amazing. But I just didn't like the, the play elements of it. Right. It was too linear, and mm. I just didn't like it. It's, it's one of those oh, but I, know, I can understand why, but it looks lovely, plays really well, groundbreaking, yeah. all that sort of stuff, but just not for me, you know? It, I thought it was a scrolling, like, like you say, a linear platformer. With, with the graphics that were amazing, but it backed it up with good gameplay, which I think... Well, it was rare, wasn't it? Was, they, it was quite, made a, they weren't rare. It sold in millions. You, you know what I'm <laughs> talking about. And the final game in the new arcade news is Breakout, which I think we've talked yeah, about. Yeah, that's a new game, isn't it? Yeah. From 1976. From Coastal Amusements must have licensed the Breakout, oh. which is a redemption game. It's a huge, massive screen. You've got a spinner. Smash the blocks with a paddle and a ball. And it never catch on. No, no, no chance. And all the videos, descriptions, etc. from these games are available on Arcade Heroes website. Which is an excellent website. Everyone run over there and have a look. Yeah, if you're into the new games, it is the place to go. Really good. Or just, just news, you know, mm-hmm. arcade news. Arcade pickups. I got a Gallagher stroke Pac-Man 3DS game Alex gave me. Nice. I thought he just loaned it to me for my 3DS because I haven't got many games for it. I haven't got any games for it. But he super generously gave it to me. Thank you, Alex. That's awesome. Oh, brilliant. I really like the 3D Gallagher on there. You actually tilt the controls to make it move, and it's really smart. Oh. And it's got the Pac-Man Championship game, like the arcade version, you know, the, the big four-player one? Yeah. It's just like that, and it's really good fun. I really like that Pac-Man. Because you start off with a bit of a maze, and you do a few things, and as you eat the pills and get the monsters, it opens more of the maze up. And it's sort of... Right. It's a really good game. Because I, I get a bit bored of Pac-Man. Mm. I know it's a great game and everything it's got a lot of history and stuff but it is a bit of a dull game for me but this one just adds new elements to it and they've done it really really well it's brilliant mm. so I enjoy that on the 3DS what else did you get it says here you've got some stationary rams no static rams oh so they're not moving no they just sit there mm. I don't know why they're called static rams for my Galaxy multi game some of the colours are off because of a faulty ram it's one out of about six it still works. The game still works. But when you play Galaxian, there's a load of games on that thing. When you play Galaxian, the blue and grey Galaxians are the simple ones at the start. You just see they're, they're invisible apart from their evil beady eyes. <laughs> it's quite fun to play, actually. All you see is these eyes come down. Eyes. At you. Eyes. And that's, and that's about it for me, really. I've not had many pickups, but I have had a reverse pickup. Yes. I give stuff away. Mm. I sent the lovely Nez for Life, Phil. He's mm. such a super generous person. I sent him a Space Invaders 95 PCB, which I don't just don't play, mm. which is one where we pick the cows up that your lovely wife Jan likes. Yeah. Uh, I gave him that. I uh, sent him some Atari button cones I made, because mm. he's got two missing off of his asteroids. And two rubbish mag joysticks, mag sticks, because he likes those. The ones that have got the four-way 
eight way, but they're really stiff controls. I've never liked them, so I just gave them to him because he said, Right, yeah. Oh, and I got him the Crash Bandicoot game from the London Gaming Market off mm. the lovely Ali Retro Hunter. Mm. I'm the Hunter! <laughs> the Retro Hunter! <laughs> I have had some late birthday presents from oh, you, yes. sir. Thank Forgot you very much. Tell the listeners about the lovely wrapping paper I put on them. It was lovely. One had drawn, kiddie drawn dinosaurs on it. Yes. Another one had snowmen on, because I yes. couldn't find any other wrapping it's paper. It's very right. nice. It's very nice. I got a t-shirt, a Christmas Pac-Man t-shirt. You did? Which I'll be wearing at Christmas. Absolutely. That's good, that, isn't it? You can put a Christmas jumper over the top to keep you warm in this freezing cold town of yours. I, I got a biscuit. You wrapped a single biscuit. I just found it in the biscuit barrel. I thought you'd like it. <laughs> so I wrapped that up. And, and, oh, a Samitsu joystick, which you have very kindly put into my cab. Yeah. And with fantastic results, which we will talk about later. You are an ungrateful git. <laughs> we will speak <laughs> later on. We, we may, we can't move very much in your front room, but I may have a fight with you. <laughs> Do you know what we haven't got? What's that? You haven't got the pinger. I haven't got a pinger, but I have got my slapstick. Oh, my nose face. See, that'll work. Oh, hee hee. And I haven't got me cow. No, me sheep. Disproving sheep. We'll just have to make noises ourselves. I don't know what that was. That was a drunk <laughs> zombie. <laughs> yeah, so I this... love you. <laughs> Brains. Nom, 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 nom. So thanks very much for fixing that joystick, Vic, because I probably want to have fitted it to the kettle or something. But yes. it works and it's awesome. And I had some... M4 screws just in my bag, which mm. I popped in for you as well. Yeah, you need to screw You can't go it. out without some M4 screws on your person. Oh. Absolutely. I'm like that, but it's my phone and my wallet. Oh, I've got another one a little bit later on, actually. Mm. I sent four arcade mugs from www.arcademugs.co.uk. Link in a no-shows. I think we need to put their little logo on our website all the time, because they've mm. done some marvellous things for us, and their mugs are absolutely brilliant. You've got one. I've got one here. Mm. You've got a Time Warp one at the minute. Time Warp arcade mug. But I've got one with the 10 pence logo on it. And if you want to buy a 10 pence logo mug, ask arcademugs.co.uk. Just tell them I sent you and they'll do one up for you. Very nice. Really, really nice prices. Excellent mugs. And they hold about 17 litres of coffee. <laughs> really? Well, it's maybe, arcade coffee, though. Yeah, maybe mug-sized mm. coffee. But really, really good. Get your 10p drinking vessels from there. Mm. Listener feedback. Right, this is feedback from the 5th of November. I missed this because of my crap email settings when I got a new phone. They went funny on the 10 pence one, but it's all sorted now, so keep sending them to that. This was from Dave Pickles back on the 5th of November. I love the arcades from being a kid at the seaside, but we never have the space to be an arcade cab collector. So I've not been on any of the forums and not found your podcast until recently. I think it was mentioned on another podcast, maybe Retro Asylum. I recently got a new house that needs to be totally renovated and it's hours and hours and hours of DIY. So hearing my, the recommendation, I downloaded your podcast, and now I'm hooked. You made my boring DIY a lot more fun. So thank you very much for a great podcast. Some podcasts get irritating, but your casual two mates chatting format is so natural and easy to listen to, I'm listening to them back to back. I've listened to the last few episodes and the back catalogue from 1 to 25, and I'm still going strong. Nice. Nice. That's, that's dedication for you. Mm. I did build myself a skinny main cab, which I enjoyed for years, but it still ended up too big to move into the new house. But I'll be building myself a new super skinny one ASAP. And when I do, I should be playing the games from your shows. Send your scores in, we'll have a look. Mm. I did see Sean at the Manchester Play Expo a couple of times, but he was always surrounded by fans. <laughs> so I didn't get a chance to thank you guys in person. So anyway, thanks for the great show and congratulations on sticking with it. So many podcasters had to give it up as taking so much time and energy. Your dedication is really appreciated. Also, thanks for t- talking about the arcade club. 
Again, never knew it existed until now. And I can't wait to go. It sounds just perfect. Perfect. It is. As we confirmed last night. I know you're focused on real machines, not main cabs, but if you wanted a hardware tips question for your show, I'm pretty confused by the choice of arcade controls. There are lots of kits available and optional extras like cherry switches, but the feel of the controls are really important. All the arcade machines seem to feel fine. I was trying to find a favourite joystick and buttons to play Manchester, but didn't really manage to. There wasn't any 90s shmups like Dodon Patchy to try out. My favourite games are shmups, especially the 90s ones, but I love playing the old classics like Asteroids, Space Invaders, Galaxians, etc. Which kit would suit a shmup player? Do I upgrade to cherry switches? Do I upgrade to branded Japanese joysticks? I'm worried about spending 90 quid and the controls to feel terrible. As I said, the real arcade machines almost always feel and play fine, but I have played some terrible main bar tops where the controls feel horrible. I will never get really high scores in any game, so I don't need to worry about world-class controls. I just want controls that feel responsive and good to play. Thank you, Dave Pickles. So what would you say for a shmup, that thing I just put in view, which is a Samitsu LS32, is it? Yeah. That's a really loose stick. It's great. I think it's great for playing stuff like 1942, yeah. Volgus and those kind of shooters. But for me, it's not stiff enough and accurate enough in the corners to go like scramble. But you did really well on it. Yeah. It depends what you're used to. I think it is just right for shooters. It's not as loose as you think because some of the candy cam controls are really loose. It's because they've been worn, I think. Yeah. yeah. Do you recommend a Samitsu LS32? I do for shooters, definitely. And... For scram, you know anything. It's still got a gate on it, so you can have an eight-way or a four-way gate yeah. for stuff like Pac-Man four-way and things like that. Yes, yeah, like shooters, you don't have to be. Apart from bullet hells, you don't have to be perfectly accurate in your movements. Yeah, you can do sweeping moves to dodge stuff, can't mm-hmm. you? I would recommend that definitely. So that and the buttons. My favourite buttons are leaf switch buttons with micro switch underneath. You need a special little control thingy for that. Like a little piece, it's a sort of formed piece of metal that sits underneath it, holds the micro switch. I'll have to put some pictures on, I think, of that because mm. people might not understand what I'm on about. Or you can use the, the candy cab buttons, like the Sanwar and Samitsu buttons, which are quite, they haven't got much of a movement to them, have they? No, where, where would you buy these from in the UK? Would you, would you recommend? I used to get everything from arcadejapan.co.uk, mm. but he's stopped for a little while. But I think Arcade World sell these sorts of things. Well. UK, yeah. yeah, that's a good one. We have some more feedback that we missed from Mr. Tagster, Sean Tag, from 11th of November. Hi, Vic and Sean. Hello from Melbourne, Australia, and congratulations on another great podcast. You brighten up the long drive to work. I wonder how long his drive is. Oh, very long. Australia's massive, isn't it? It's massive. Could take him weeks. Could do. He, he might be setting off before he's coming back. Yeah. No, hang on. Don't matter. I'm looking forward to the next recording of Buzzerk Kill All Humanoids. Such a great game and it gets so blooming hard. Where can I see pics of your Death Race Restore, Vic? Cheers, Taxter. Best place, I think, was on UK I saw it was on UK VAC. So I wrote up all the stuff there, but I'll have to find out and put it in the show notes perhaps. Have you sold it? Yes, it's gone now. Mm. So it's hopefully being enjoyed by someone else. But it was fully restored. Lots of pictures taken. I've still got them. So I'll, I'll sort that out. Ianski. Ooh, nice one. Played the Cocktail Arcade Club recently. Hard as nails this game. So interesting to listen to your tips. That was for Berserk. 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 Tin, brother of bronze, god of all things metallic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. He said, I need something ace to cheer up my day. Thank you as ever for the podcast. Robotech. Great. I will listen tomorrow while driving to do some arcade pickups. Tell us what you picked up, Robotech. Don't tease us. <laughs> yeah. I want to know what you got. 
Dave O, Dave Orton. Oh, great game choice, Berserk. Mr. Studley will be pleased because he used to play it like a demon back in back in the day. Still plays it like a demon, actually. Yeah, he does, he does. Fuzzy, who we met last night. Yeah. Nice lad. I didn't know you'd never met him. No. Mm. It's quite it's faces and names. Mm. So he was a face I didn't recognise. Recognise mm. the name though. Great game and inspi- inspiration for the greatest video game of all time. I think he actually means Berserk. Yeah, he's a he's a Robotron head. He oh, loves Robot no. Ron. Robot Ron. Robot what? Alex Chucky Egg Nintendo Arcade. That's a long name. Who's this guy? He lives up the road from me. Ooh, great podcast guys. I wish we kept Berserk now. The the Because we owned it together at one point. Mm. Fantastic game, and you don't see many come up for sale anymore. No. Really enjoyed the tech tips, Vic, and it's given me inspiration to buff all my bezels now. One question, though. How long did you spend on each grade of sandpaper, is it? Yeah. And how long did it take to do one bezel? Really enjoyed the walk around with Sean. It was great fun. Well, you sort of have to buff it until you think it's right. It's sort of a... Mm. You sort of do it until you think it's improving, and then you, you wipe it down, clean it off, start with the next grade, etc. etc. I think it takes, it depends how badly scratched it is. Yeah. Well, the one I did recently for Phil, which is nearly done, it took about 45 minutes, I suppose, for frantic buffing. Yeah. <laughs> I buffed my head off. Oh my god. Purity. Sorry about my lack of conversation during your walk round. I didn't realise you were recording, and it put me caught on the spot a bit. I was also meeting some friends I had to shoot off. Don't worry, it's okay. I actually cut a bit of our chat with Purity out because we went around chatting to loads of people, so I've mm-hmm. cut quite a bit out because it would have been an hour. Oh, God. Yeah, so, and really, we shouldn't. I shouldn't really keep shoving microphones in people's it's faces. people's noses. Yeah, and saying speak. Yeah, they need some preparation. It does worry it? people. Yeah. Anyway. Peter Kman, Sweden. Thanks for the shout-out. Perfect for tomorrow's commute. You rock. Hitesh. I have had no time to listen to the podcast recently and so missed out knowing that my favourite game of all time, Bozaik, was being featured. I am probably the worst game player here, but this one I am reasonable at can score around 14 to 15k, that is good, and my highest is around 17k. That's very good. Must get back into the pods. I think he means podcast, not like a pod you'd get in. I've never seen Hitesh in a pod. No, I haven't. So I've never seen not. Hitesh, to be honest. He's I have. He's a, nice a nice, really nice guy, yeah. Starting right now, he's going to get back into it. Keep up the good work. Here's a new listener, Sal Bull. Here we go, Buglierisi. Mm-hmm. Sorry about your name, Sal. Hey there, long-time listener, first-time caller from Canada. He's a Canadian. Can- Canadian. Just wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing a WAV file with me. Every now and again, you guys play a sound from Stargate on the podcast. Specifically, it's the sound that's played when you press the start button. I've searched every crack of the interwebs, but I can't find that sound anywhere. If it's not too much trouble. Please share it with me. Thanks for the great podcast. I have sent it to Sal, mm-hmm. and I sent him the startup noise. I thought it was that one he's after. I can't even do an impression of it. But he said it's not the one he wants. But I did say to him, I messaged him back saying, have you got MAME? Did you realise you can actually record sounds on MAME? That's how we used to pinch our samples. Mm. And he went, oh, I didn't realise. And so I think he's getting there. Mm. Scott Hattle. Hi, Victor and Sean. I've been a listener of your fine podcast since about episode 20, just before Sean took over for Alex, and always been looking forward to the next great instalment. This week's featured game, Scramble, has me looking quite foolish as the gameplay score I posted is well below the standard I see on the Twitter feed, but hopefully next episode's featured game will be a bit better in the scoring department. A couple of months back, I had asked about where 
to procure, procure leaf switch buttons as my wife was not a fan of the clicking sound <laughs> coming from the games room and you graciously answered that question. Just to let you know, that, just to let the listeners know, I purchased some gold leaf arcade buttons from Ultimark, not normal Mark, Ultimark, and they gave, they gave no audible click, just like their cousins, true leaf switch and play, and they play just as great as far as I can tell so far. Thanks again for the great show, Scott. Mark Happy Dude, also met last night. Who gave us some nice things? Biscuits. Good evening, Victor. Long-time listener, first-time emailer. Firstly, let me say a big thanks to both of you for taking the time to record and the other related things I don't understand. Neither do we. The <laughs> 10 Pence Arcade Podcast, and long may it last, especially as I'm getting to a Blast City cap to enable me to play along with every game and not just the ones on my Pi setup will let me. I do believe 10 Pence is not only my favourite arcade-related podcast, but the best of the bunch, and there is some stiff composition, opposition. E.g. Diary of an Arcade Employee, The Pie Factory, and No Quarter, to name a few. But here is where the problem lies, and I have to say I've been feeling very disappointed with the podcast lately, and I can't explain what you've been doing to make me feel this way. But I'm always left with this hollow feeling every time I've listened to your podcast. It's like all the jam has been sucked out of me donut. <laughs> or the custard removed from my custard cream. Ooh, that's not now he's talking our language. Oh my god. Everything seems far whilst I'm happily listening to the podcast when I'm driving home from work, and all of a sudden... The happiness ends with the latest episode. I have found this happens no matter what the length of the podcast or the content is. It's quite perplexing. It basically means we finish. Yeah, can't talk forever. <laughs> Sorry forever. about that. Can't talk forever, Mark. This feeling has a habit to last about two weeks before it suddenly lifts and I start to feel happiness again. As you can imagine, with a person with a name like mine, it's not a good thing to lose the happy. It's quite a worry. <laughs> Unhappy dude. I have not managed to put my finger on the reason for my sudden feelings of disappointment and emptiness, but I thought I would let you know, just in case there is an outbreak, or maybe a patient zero, or that may be my IQ. If you have any ideas, please let me know. I really appreciate the help. On a lighter note, I do like the new Victor's Tinkering Thingy page, and I do hope I can get to Arcade Club next weekend and meet up with you, as he did. He did. All the best, happy dude. Mm. Paul Craddy, hello Vic. I'd like to enter the T-shirt competition. Oh yeah, we've got that one. Yeah. Yes. Unfortunately, Paul, you did not win. Some some nasty guy called Zipper stolen your T-shirt. He did. Oof. I love the podcast. My favourite retro gaming podcast. The Retro Hour in close second. Ooh. Hang on. Uh, with the Retro Hour, we've beat the Retro Hour according to him. Wow. That's good. That's good. That is good. Thank you to Sean. Oh, thank you, Sean, for many hours of entertainment. I started listening short, shortly after Sean came on board. I used to drive 95 miles each way to work. What? Oh, my word. And your podcast was the highlight of my day when it came out. I'm a British expat in the USA visiting the UK every few years to visit my family in the northeast of England. All right. Hopefully, one of my visits will coincide with Nerg one day. As I'd love to meet you both. All the best. Thanks again. Paul Crast Paul Craddy, sorry. Michigan, USA. Nice one. Be really nice to see you, Paul. Come over mm. to Nerg one time, because we always go to Nerg. I just got a mention to the Pie Factory guys that you yes. were not my first podcast love. <laughs> uh, Alex Crowley, who was yeah. Nintendo Arcade, used to do the podcast with me for the first twenty two episodes. Twenty two episodes. Twenty one. Yeah. And then you came on board because Alex mm. was busy doing other stuff. And so, yeah, he was the first podcast host, co-host, and you are the reigning co-host. Yes. Soon to be sacked because of your score on Scramble. Yes. Oh, talking of talking of Sean Courtney. Yes, he's here. Regarding the two people who died while playing Berserk, chances are about ninety nine point four four percent that one of the deaths, the one with the six 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 in the score, is Urban Legend. 
check out this episode. It's quite an amazing podcast for more info. That's his, 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 his podcast. Oh, he's doing that now, is he? He's yeah, telling yeah, us about yeah. his podcast. Well, I, I've actually listened to all their podcasts. Mm. So there's no need for me to go back. I did send him I'll a reply. Word. Did I, it have the word off in it? No, I did send him a reply saying, I too died whilst playing Berserk. It gave me quite a scare. Huh? Fair mm. enough. Yeah. Oh, troll Nads. Yeah, Troll Nads. It's, it's a- another good one. Interesting at the beginning where Victor says he's been playing lots of Scramble. Dot, dot, dot. Then it's mentioned that Sean should be docked 2,000 points for playing Berserk early. Dot, dot, dot. Looking forward to finding out what the next game is. Q troll argument on Facebook. You two were going at it. I had to split you up. <laughs> yes. Mr. Tronads is an excellent games player. But not that good on Dig Dug, unfortunately. He is. He is very good, actually. He, he, he hit 200,000 regularly last night. And he hit 200,000 when he played it in my house as well. So yeah. he's an excellent games player. And he was watching my patterns very carefully. Mm. I had to just shove him away at one point. Stop looking at my patterns. We knit him. They're not for you. Yes, knit one pearl one. Mm, good knitting pattern. GG Harris. Woo, wonderful game is Berserk. I just slightly lean towards Frenzy on the ColecoVision. Well, never don't. Played. Lean the other way. Back to Berserk because it's better. I never really played on the Coleco at all. In fact... They're good. They're nice machines. I don't think I've even played it on emulation. It's never really tickled me fancy. A lot of arcade ports on the Coleco, which is mm. a good thing. I am Jimmy. He is Jimmy. Not me. Him. Great podcast, chaps. So glad I made it to UK back meet because I would have been so jealous as to Sean's walkabout. And great to have Alex making a guest return. Mr. Victor, hopefully, if they shift the date next year, you'll be able to make it. Really found the tech tip useful this week. I've been meaning to tackle the cigarette burns on the Space Invaders control panel for some time. Ooh. Rob Player Missile. Have to give, <laughs> had to give the kids a time out this time as they were fighting to get on the arcade machine because Mini Ooh. Missile 1 and 2 play our games sometimes, don't they? Yes, the little ones. He, he put them on the no step rather than the naughty step so they couldn't actually reach the machine. <laughs> ah, so he <laughs> must have a little step. Yeah, I think he has. I said, did they go on the naughty step? He said, no, they've been on the no step so they can't reach. Oh, bless them. Bless them. Right, stop fighting, kids. Behave. Play yes. the game nicely. Neil, 20 to 5. Hi guys, what a great episode this was. Great content, great game, berserk. Berserk. Great tech tip, great biscuit banter, and of course you guys are great-ish too. My interest was piqued when I heard the next game choice. Scramble was a game I played as a kid, but from then till present day I had to loop, had yet to loop the game. So spurred on by the camaraderie that built up on Twitter and the looming threat of global humiliation, I finally <laughs> succeeded where I previously failed and looped the game. I know it's nothing major, and the top players were on the 5th, 6th, and 7th loops, and more, but to me, I was happy. And that is one of the main reasons I love your podcast, as they get great people playing great games. Keep casting, guys. P.S. On a biscuit note, which you guys started up again, not me, <laughs> promise me you will try Stroopwaffle biscuits. Stroopwaffles? What's that? Can I have a Stroopwaffle, please? Place them on the top of your chosen hot beverage for a couple of minutes so that the caramel centre goes all gooey, unbeatable, the new king of biscuits. Ooh. No, they're not. Those things you bought me, yes. snack biscuits. Yes, you've had, uh, I got you a pick-up, didn't I? Snack yes, biscuits. Yes, they're the best biscuits. They're nice, aren't they? Ooh. Shortbread, really just plain shortbread, covered Cabri- in... Cab- Cabri's chocolate. Cabri's Ooh. chocolate. Lovely. They're the business. They just fit nicely in my mouth as well. <laughs> Go on. 
Benson Rad, listener number four here. At last I managed to catch up with the past few months worth of podcasts. It's the school summer holidays and a lack of a commute that throws me out of sync with time to listen. Of course, I can't remember anything I was going to say from all those podcasts now. I remember Prop Cycle getting a mention. They have one of these local to me. It's a fun game and as someone else said, pretty much pilot wings, but on a bike. I do have a huge bit of side art off the cab bought from Muddy Music to stick on my game room wall at some point. Vic, you lucky so-and-so getting a cabaret centipede. Oh, yes. Hearing your tech talks to spur me on to get my millipede going, but can't see me getting out into the games room until spring when the weather gets better. Perhaps he's got snow in front of his games room. He might have. Or some kind of wintry effect. Hmm. Maybe... Father Chris, no, hang on, don't matter. Glad to hear rumours of the Ten Pence Orchestra getting out of prison soon. Hopefully, they're in prison to... now. Yeah, they were in prison, weren't they? <laughs> oh my God! D- do you not listen to your own podcast, sir? No. Oh, fair enough. When I, 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 start... I edit it without headphones. <laughs> when I start rambling, you do go a bit blank. I do. Yeah. yeah. What? They will hopefully do some Christmas songs. I'm hoping as well, really. Oh no! <laughs> ben, no. come on, stop! <laughs> there was some... in. There was something Sean was eating on one of the later podcasts. Frangie pans, yeah. Never heard of them before, but bizarrely, my wife bought some that same day. Uh, they were mentioned, and oh, what's, what was Sean eating on the podcast? She didn't have a clue what I was on about, and sadly didn't get to try one as the kids had demolished him by the time I went to try one. Oh, Boo! Try frangie pans, Benson Rad. They're, they're awesome. They're Belgian. Got almonds in. Oh, okay. Almond flavour. You didn't want one yesterday, did no, you? I'm not keen on Do you want one now? No. All right. Gutted, I missed the UK VAC meet at Arcade Club. Would love to see, uh, would would love to have a big meetup like that. Maybe a London drink up meet could happen soon. Christmas is coming after all. Anyway, keep up the good work, chaps. P.S. Got round to setting up Maine last night after a few years without it. Really like this game, Berserk. It's very addictive. Talking about a meetup in London, mm-hmm. I picked up for Mr. Benson Rad last night from Arcade Club a massive package, which is, I think it's a Super Pac Man glass marquee. Yeah, I think he got it from somewhere, and I just picked it. He said, oh, "Can you pick it up for me?" I said, "Yeah, no problem." So I got my car, so no problem picking it up. And it's packed really well because when we dropped it down those seven flights of stairs, yeah, it didn't make too much noise when it hit the ground. It made a bit of a like a shattering sound, but yeah, it's all right. The package it's a bit bent, you know, it'd be all right, wouldn't it? But yeah, because it was bent, we could fold it in half and put it in the back of the car. No problem. Yeah. So hopefully, I'll have to meet up with Benson Rad <laughs> soon to deliver that shattered piece of glass. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll meet him soon. Mm. That's it, I think. Yes. Let's get on to the next segment. Shout out. First one, Mr. Benson Rap, listener number four, which we just spoke about, for kindly offering me tickets to go and see some preview episodes of Still Open All Hours last Friday at Pinewood Studios, which is near me. As Ben couldn't make it himself, I couldn't use them myself, and I hope someone else got to go. I asked him to put them out on UK VAC, and I think someone goes, but... David Jason, who is a UK national comedy actor treasure in this country, yes. was going to be there himself introducing the episodes. So I hope someone got to go there. I would like to have gone, but I had a load of stuff on that night. I think wife was at an appointment somewhere as well. Mm. Arcade Club regulars, obviously Andy and Gaynor and Linda mm. and Tony, Tony and Mark, Mark, all the people who run the place, and for doing such a good job there. Uh, we met Mark Happy Dude, Mr. Mm. Tronads, David Kane. David, Charlie Farr came. Mm. Fuzzy. Yeah. Have I missed anyone? Don't think so. Those are the people we sort of know. I met a guy called Gaz from Leicester. Hi, Gaz. 
That's a shout out. So that's a shout out to all the people who were there last night having fun. Excellent. Mm. Loads of people there as well. Mm. Brilliant. Yeah, same for me. Shout out to all the arcade club regulars. And also shout out to Chris Smith from the Minimum Power Down podcast, otherwise known as the Maximum Power Up podcast. Yes. Yeah. See what we did? We sort of inverted the... He's, he's had a small person. Yeah, he hasn't. His oh. wife has. And it's little girl. Congratulations, Chris. Well done. Mm. I think that's it for shout outs. It is. Well, we could just shout out. Ah! <laughs> oh my God, there's a bear in the room. <laughs> Tech tips. Pre-flight checks on a PCB, just in case someone's got a new PCB and they can sort of check out before you start playing it. Well, can, uh, can I do mine? You've got one? I've got one, yeah. I have oh, one okay, we'll ignore that, then we'll do it next time. You do yeah. yours. Oh, wow, well done. I know you've already done one on installing a cap kit early on in the year. Oh, this is for, for monitors, yeah? Yeah, but you're wrong. It oh, was really? Wrong, Vic, yeah. So I have done my version. Oh, apologies, listeners. Yeah, go on then, Sean. Yeah. Well, this is installing a cap kit in your monitor, in okay. your arcade machine, which is in your monitor. Yes. Whatever. And I've split this into six easy sections. Nice. If you want to, f- you know, because you're going to come back to this and keep listening to it and getting... You, you might know. want to print this out and have it laminated, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, right, the sections are called, right then, when to install, what is one, what to do first, next thing, then... And finally, and the end. So, okay. yeah, really clearly... Run me through these things. Okay, then. Right. Right, then. Warning, kids. A cap kit is a tricky job and should not be attempted without the help of a trained professional. Or, failing that, a good friend. Or, failing that, someone walking past your house that looks nice. If they're dressed well... Mm, yeah, obviously. They're probably a good choice. Next section, when to install... When your TV, which is in your arcade machine, not on the wall, is suffering from ghosting, which I think is hauntings. Mm -hmm. Something like that, isn't it? Dimness, which obviously is being stupid. Yeah. Blacking out, and I looked this up, and it's drunkenness. Ah. Yeah. Jail bars, which is being in prison. I don't see how that's relevant, but I've read it. And warping, which I think is something to do with Star Trek. Anything that happens to your monitor like that... You need to do a cap kit. Obviously. What if it's got missing scan lines? No, you don't need a cap kit for that. It's just a barcode thing, you isn't it? You just need a black marker to fill in the scan Certainly. lines. Yeah. What is one, section two or three? A cap kit is not a kit for making caps, headwear. Ah. But a cap is actually short for the word capacitor. Thank you, Google. You see, I'm learning. They are purchased in bags of six and look like little faceless drum men with wire legs. They can can be found in Asda in the capacitor aisle. Hmm? Next section, what to do first? Discharge your monitor by licking it. Your tongue will absorb all of the all of the electricity and it will go into your body, probably giving you superpowers like Doctor Strange or the Silver Surfer. I haven't tried it, but I think that that will probably happen. If your monitor is not nice to the taste, cover it in peanut butter or your favourite sandwich spread. And it, I'm not sure, I've read about a discharge monitor. Not sure, not sure what a discharge is, but you need to do it honourably. An honourable discharge, Vic. It sounds unpleasant. <laughs> An honourable discharge. Next thing, find the chassis. This is the bottom part of a car and is normally stuck to the monitor. God knows why, that's just mental, isn't it? Attached to the chassis is a PCB, which is apparently is a printed circuit board. Not a parrot circuit board. No, printed. Parrot ones are different. 
Remove this by pulling force forcefully with both hands. You may need a friend to pull around your waist for extra leverage on the thing if it's stuck on there. Make sure the handbrake is on. On the chassis. Then, this is the then section. Remove any little drum men you see on the PCB and replace with other drum men of roughly the same size. Now you are supposed to, yeah, you're supposed to use a soldering iron and a desoldering iron or something to do this. But I don't see the point to get buying two new irons when you've got one in your house, an iron in your house anyway. With a bit of perseverance, it can do the same job, I would imagine. Yeah. Or do, do not, do not use a trouser press. <laughs> that would just be silly. <laughs> it would be silly. That. Das Hosenbugler. <laughs> Finally. Straighten up any crushed or wonky components on the PCB. Remove anything that looks too damaged. Reattach PCB to tiny car chassis. There may be some wires to connect the PCB from elsewhere in the machine, possibly. Do that if you can get any of the connectors to match up. Switch on game, voila, fantastic picture. The end. Or the end of you and your arcade machine mm. if you try any of the above. You have been warned. Mm. No, really. You have been warned. Do not do anything that Beardy Fool says. That's good, though, isn't it? I'm learning, aren't I? Mm. <laughs> now, we normally have a musical interlude here. Yes. Seeing as I was in Scotland last weekend, mm. in the hills, I felt a bit in touch with my mum's side of the family roots and found some prose that may have been written by Robert Burns. <laughs> Or not. <laughs> and seem to be quite pertinent to this show's game. It's called Ode to Scramble. Here it is. You flew your golden rocket over the craggy hills of Ochtern Muck Day. Shooting down rockets that tried to fly up your bum. You shouldn't even tried. Those aliens gone. Fuel was getting a wee bit scarce. You bombed a fuel dump right in its face. That did the trick. The next bit of your quest, mere craggy hills and wibbly wobbly alien craft. You smashed them down, thinking they were a saft. But wait, what's that eerie sound in the distance? Fireballs, hot as Satan's knackers, coming towards you, trying to splatter you. He's avoided them like the plague and kept going. That base has to be destroyed for the pride of Scotland. Next to try and push on your haggis was the tall buildings. Tall as the hills in the highlands, where the iron brew runs freely. Mere of their daft rockets to fly up your trousers, but you knew how to get them. And you're in rocket anyways, we're in a cult. They're sleek we swine seasons, but you replied to Caledonia and you kept you into your goal. Weaving in and out of the treacherous caverns of Ballymac Scramble, the end was nigh. Fly up and over the Konami sign, duck down and shoot the base in the eye. For your bravery and skill, you're awarded a wee flag in the corner of your screen and another go to loop it again and again and again and again. That was moving, wasn't it? Well, kids, if you thought my tech tip was a bit daft, <laughs> that's, that's just fantastic. Oh, my word. Well, you know, it's the Scottish side of me again. Yeah, it's great. But I reckon he did write that. I, I, yes, he did. He mm. did, yes. Mm. He, he did Thursday. That's yeah. when he wrote it, yeah. <laughs> right, let's get on to the meat and massive potatoes of this show. Featured Game Review This is Scramble from Konami, 1981. 
Sukaranburu. Sukaranburu. Released by Lijak in Japan and Stern in the US. Although I've seen Konami mark PCBs with Konami ROM sets. I'm sure that the Zakaria version is also licensed for Europe too. It's a vertical orientated game which scrolls from left to right. It's got an eight-way joystick, two buttons, fire and bomb. The game runs on a pair of Z80 CPUs and also a pair of AY38910 sound chips for the sound. Mm. It also uses a similar graphics hardware to Galaxian. The program code is unencrypted, so can run on almost anything. Mm. Now the gameplay. Play Scramble. How far can you invade our Scramble system? Quite a long way, as it happens. Yes, many times. You control a jet with awesome flames coming out the back of it, and your mission is to fight your way through six stages to destroy a boss ship at the end of the sixth stage. After you've achieved this, the game loops infinitely and gets harder as more loops are completed. You can shoot and bomb the movable and static enemies as you scroll along. As you fly through the levels, you use up fuel, which is displayed at the bottom of your screen. Destroy fuel bases to replenish this. If a rocket flies into you, or you collide with anything, you die! Die! Nothing actually shoots back at you, but in addition to the kamikaze rockets, there are a lot of natural dangers in the game. Mm. At the top of the screen is an indicator of what stage of the game you are on. At the bottom is your ever-depleting fuel gauge. In the bottom right-hand corner is a little rocket icon, which indicates what loop you're on. Sorry, this is a flag, not a rocket. The rockets on the left-hand side are your lives remaining. Oh, right. You get an extra life at 10,000 points, and that is it. Or 20, depending on what version you're playing. doesn't really matter, does it? You can normally, if you can get to 10,000, you can probably get to 20,000. Yeah, of course you can. So, level one, craggy, craggy craggy hells. (laughs) Beware, there are a lot of rockets being fired up at you. Many ground targets can be shot and bombed for points and fuel. Level 2, Craggy Caverns. <laughs> Don't hit anything above you as well as below. Watch out for the introduction of the wobbly flying saucers. They come at you in a wobbly. sine wave kind of pattern. Mm-hmm. Just shoot them in their stupid faces while shooting and bombing the ground targets. Rockets do not fire up, you, up at you through this stage. Yeah. Level 3, Fireballs. <laughs> a similar level again, but with fast fireballs coming at you. The fireballs cannot be destroyed. Just stay out of the way of the hot swines. More daft ground targets to pick off. You'd think they've learnt by now. Mm. Level 4, the city level. Many tall building-like structures to pilot over with lots of rockets, again firing up at you from all the time. You have to fly over some tight spots with rockets very close to you. And, in your little red writing here, little red writing, talk about the glitch. When you're playing this game, if you push to the right with your joystick, you keep going, and on this level, the game can't really catch up with drawing the levels. And what happens is the rockets shift over to the right. Yeah, like one space at yeah, the right. Yeah, so where they, they start in a little gap, they might go into the scenery and fire up at it, and they fire up at you from places you didn't expect them to come out of, to the right. Mm. So you can sort of upset you a little bit. But the way to sort that out is to go back to the left, mm. and it sorts itself out again. And sometimes the, the rockets actually disappear. I've had a yeah. case where it's just, just started to come up, and it disappears. You get little holes sometimes in the scenery as well. Yeah, it's just a glitch with, I think it's... It's the process of not catching up with it drawing so fast. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, the the scenery scrolls at the same speed, but the the act of you moving your ship, you can only move, I'd say, halfway th- yes. through to the screen. Yeah, you can't go all the way to the right. It's something to do with moving your ship right to the, the limit as it, it can yeah. go. Yeah, and you and do it. need to do that in some levels. You mm. do need to do that. It sort of messes it up a bit. It's still very playable. So level five, tunnels. There are no rockets to worry about, but you have to pilot your jet through some really tight spots. Some fancy flying is required on this level. Loads of fuel bases to keep your fuel up as well, so you can just shoot the fuel bases because they're in your way. 
Level 6 is the base. This is just a stone's throw after the tunnels. The enemy base is in sight, but it's buried in between two tall buildings. Get right down to it and bomb or shoot it with your death missiles. Mm. After you shoot it, you can just crash your ship. It doesn't matter. As long as you shot it first, you can just die then and you won't lose that life. Do you know what I do? I think what most people do. As soon as you've flown over the Konami building or the sign, or the stern one, there isn't any sign, is there? No. Pull down straight away, not back and down, just down. So you fly right towards the... So you're almost level with the, the guy to kill, and then backwards and down. Yes, yeah, so you get in sort of in front of him to shoot. Yeah, then yes. shoot him, and then you can die, and you don't lose a life as mm-hmm. long as he is destroyed. Yes, if you land on him and destroy yourself, you, you lose, lose a, a life. Yeah, yeah, I've done that before. Mm-hmm. Very annoying. So, some play tips and secrets. There's loads here. Yes, I sometimes press fire and bomb together on certain levels. Yep, same here. Yeah, because it's just easier. Yeah, and normally your bomb's going to land on something which gives you points or fuel. Mm. So level one, kill everything. When you absolutely, positively got to kill every motherfucker in the room. Mm. Which we can do quite often, can't we? Both completely wipe the level clean. Yeah, there's not a lot left over, is there? Quite easy to hit. Learn the trajectory of your bombs to hit the targets accurately. Shoot the ground targets whenever you can. Just be careful where you're flying. What I find is when a lot of the peaks give you sort of a, a... an idea of where to start bombing, and the bombs come out horizontally, then they go down. So you can mm. sort of work out where your bombs are going to hit, and it's very easy to work out where they're going to land. Yeah, that is the key more to the game, you, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the more you play it, the more accurate you get with the bombing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Level two, stay in the middle of the screen. Ah, no, I've changed my mind. Mm. Are you sure me playing beat you? No, no, I've done this before because oh. on, when the wobbly space of it is doing a sine wave, you used to stay in the middle going backwards and forwards to get them and if you, if you miss one you can sort of go in front of it so it misses you but what I found out if you go to the bottom of their tra- trajectory you get them as they're going down and if you miss them you get them as they're coming up again mm. so that's common sense really so stay down low Yeah. you can easily fly out of your invader killing flight path and back into it again because they're quite easy to miss what I do I sort of, you've seen what I do, I, mean, I slow down and then speed up and fire and your bullets are a more concentrated stream. Yes. And you, and I do that quite often and you can get them a lot easier, not a lot easier, a bit easier. You get a lot, a, a big stream of bullets come out of mm. you at the same time. Yeah. Level three, I stick close to the lower terrain and just keep bombing and shooting the ground targets. Mm. When you're flying up and over the hills, keep a decent distance away from the terrain. If a fireball does come towards you when you're doing this, it's usually safe to fly up and then back down into it. Otherwise, you might go into the, one of the hills. Yeah, I've done that plenty of times. And then go back into the safe hill zone. The firewalls cannot go through the hills, so you're safe to hide behind the hills. Mm. Level four, which is the hardest of all the levels. Mm. Due to rockets trying to drive up your chuff. <laughs> yeah. Go forwards to trigger them to fly up, pull back, shoot in face. Use bombs early to get hidden rockets. Mm, that's my tactic too. And we talked about the glitch on the level. Mm. Level five, keep pushing all the way to the right and just guide yourself. Stick to the walls as close as possible and go as fast as you can so you don't get scrolled off the screen into a wall. Oof! Ouch! Level six. Fly over the Konami sign and get down as soon as possible and shoot or bomb the base as close as you can to it. You can safely fly into a wall then and you don't lose a life. Mm. On later loops, you only just have enough fuel to reach there. On the earlier loops, if you miss the base, you have enough fuel to go around and get it again. You sort of go about another two screens, yeah. and the base is there again, so you can go back to it. But after the third loop, you only just have enough fuel to bomb it, and then you'll just fall out of the sky. You won't even be able to, to fly above it. Mm. You'll just fall out of the sky. But when you do this, you get the wonderful message, Congratulations! You completed your duties. Duties. 
Good luck next time and again. Which is something like a Welsh person might say. Mm. Good luck next time and again. So graphics the, and sound. The graphics and sound. Let's talk about that. I've put, this is 1981 and these graphics were superb for the time, I think. Absolutely. Fantastically smooth scrolling. Something different. It's a completely different game. If you were told at the age of eight to draw a space scene, you'd mm. draw Scramble, wouldn't you? You probably would. I would. I can probably still do that with my crayons now. <laughs> I should have drawn a picture for this. I might do it. There's still time. I might do it with my crayons again. <laughs> this game is more play- made more playable and atmospheric by the distinctive graphics in each level. The sound is basic, but I love it. Oh, bugger, I've died again. Yeah, that was you, then. That was me. That's not Yeah. I like the colour cycling. Over Every so many screens you play, mm. it cycles different palette colour changes, the palettes, doesn't it? Mm. I don't like the green and yellow one. And my favourite is the black background with the purple and red colours. That's my favourite. The colour. green and yellow is a bit garish, isn't it's, it? It's a bit bright when you're playing it. It sort mm. of gets in your, in your face. The jet is an excellent sprite with fire moving in the back of it. The pew-pew fire sound and phew bomb sounds are classic early 80s video game fare. This is how you described a computer game sounds back then. Mm. The throbbing sound in the background is also soothing. I also like the swooshing and clicking effect when you're in the fireball storm. But if you play this on a 60 and 1, the sound is absolutely abominable. I was playing it on a 60 and 1, and as you know, I play a lot of games with the sound off. Because you, sir, are weird. What I do, I listen to the sounds for a couple of hours. Even stuff like Berserk with fantastic sounds, I get bored of. And I switch them off, put a podcast on my laptop while I'm playing. That's fair enough. Mm. I, 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 need, I need the sound. I think the games are too flat without sound. But the 60 and 1, I've been playing on proper hardware because I've got two PCBs. And the sound is really, really good. Because when it's a weird sound. But when you hear the swooshing, it makes the speaker click. Mm. It's really weird how it does it. It must be just the sound in it vibrating or something. But on the 60 and 1, the sounds are really... They're like... Over amplified, yeah, and it's, it's really horrible, and it's just nasty sounds. I cannot play it on the 16 with sound. It's horrible. Mm. Obviously, Mame runs it perfectly, and obviously the real hardware. Also, was this the first game for your avatar to have a hitbox? Yes, because we have noticed that you can your wings can fly through the scenery. You can scrape scenery, and you can also scrape bad guys as well. That's absolutely true. You can almost land on a bad guy and bomb it, and it won't kill you. So I think this has got to be the first game with a hitbox. I think that may have been accidental. That's be pioneering, isn't it? Yeah, Kami, pie. What? I like pie. I like pie. Pie in your ears. In maybe pie and orienteering. Mm. Walking along eating a pie. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a pioneering feature, I think. Mm. Because this was the very first one before Gradius. This sort of developed into Gradius. So they say. So yeah. they say. It's a bit of a stress. Story has it. Yeah. Yeah, lovely game. Absolutely love the game. Anyway, we're going to get on now to the tricky... Well, actually, the scoring. Let's do the scoring first yeah. before we do the scores. Mm. You get 10 points for each second you stay alive. Oof! 50 points for a ground rocket. Oof. 80 points for an air attack Ooh. rocket. One that's trying to drive up your trousers. Mm. 100 points for Wobbly Invaders. Wibbly Wobbly. 150 points for the fuel dumps. And you get 100 to 300 for the mystery bases. And this is a random score. 100, 200, or 300. I know. And it tells you when you've shot them how much they're worth. And you get 800 points for the enemy base at the end, which is pathetic. Mm. I think they give you 5,000 or something for getting the, the bad guy at the end. You've got all that way. 800 points. Mm. Thanks. And, was... and, a, and a flag. 
the site for the, well, the right it's a side. decent flag though it's it? a nice flag I was doing the first level and I was destroying everything and looking at my score once I got 6,500 everything destroyed brilliant second time 5,600 I thought what's going on and then I realised it's the mystery bases random point score thing that makes makes can make quite a big difference I think to your score yeah so the world record is Robert Murchak Mm. who's in the King of Kong. He's a great game. He plays a lot of games. He's very good. I think he's a world record holder on Star Wars as well. So mm. name, name a few. He's got 1.1 million points. This is about, I think I worked out it's about 52 loops. <gasps> That's a lot. Wow. I wonder if you could get that far. It would take, you have to score about 4 million points mm. if it would be a kill screen on loop 256. Would it go bonkers and go mad? No one's ever going to get there. Really. I'd also like to know if it, if it shows you the million point digit because it, it shows hundred thousands. So we've got that far. I wonder if it's got the seventh digit. Mm. Bet it'd go back to zero, surely. I would imagine so. I must have get I'll get hold of uh, Rob Merchek. He's a really really good games player. Great guy as mm. well. Right here we go with the scores. Let's do some scores. Let's Are go you... from the bottom up. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Right. Thanks everyone for playing as usual. Loads of players again. Everyone loved it, I think. Yeah. People thought it was hard, mm. but still a great game. I don't think anyone moaned about it actually because it's such a good game. Mm. We have Vip with thirteen thousand seven hundred. Paul McCaskey fourteen four. Alan Delta Lima I met the other week. Oh, I've got some biscuits for you in there. Oh, I've, I've only eaten half of them. You can have the other half. You can... Well, you were lucky. <laughs> yeah. Sixteen thousand six. Gary Ferguson, 17,500. Button mashing fun, Rev. Fun, button mashing. He was button mashing. He was. 22,800. Ah, his buttons are made out of mash. Could be. Mashed potatoes. It's for replacing quite That'd often. That'd be messy. Neil, 20 to 5, that is the time, 24,400. DJ Rouge, who we met at UK Vac Meet, I did. 24,500. Rob Player Missile, 25,000. Giggly. 26,100. I can't say that normally. Let me just stop you right there. Mm. Anyone who got. About 25,000 points. Probably looped it. Mm. So that's yes. good. Well done for looping it. Well done. Madsteed.com, 30,006. Mark Happy Dude, 33,000. He's asked if we can double it because he did it on the hard stern board last night at Arcade. That is a good score for the hard version because really there is a harder is. version of this which we weren't playing. It really is, yeah. Mm. So he's, he's probably got 66 there. Well, John Battlezone Key, 43,300. Ross, 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 Ross. Ross. 44,700. Troll Nads, 46,800. Mark K, 71,000, nearly 72. Now we're getting into the 100,000 club. The, yep, 100,000 club's good. Exclusive. It's lovely in there. Exclusive membership. Coffee and biscuits everywhere. £100 to get in. Mm. Tagster, well played, 114,690. Yep. Victor Marland! Me! Well done. Exactly 140,000. What happened is I went to the seventh base, crashed into it. Oh. I had, I had 139,990, and as I was burning to death in my rocket, it gave me another 10 points. <laughs> Ian Cullen, well played again, Ian. 20, Excellent. 236,720. Right. In I've got a problem with this next score. Yeah. You, yeah. sir. Yes. Oh! Mighty and lobe. and oh, me Carson is it Metacarson? I I I kindly drove four hours to come and see you. Yeah. I bought presents. Yeah. I bought you a new joystick. I fitted it for you. Yeah. I let you have a go on my scramble PCB. And what did you do on your first game? 
No, I had to second get used, game. I had to get used to the joystick. I kept going down instead of yeah. across. Well, and what did you on your second or third game? You got three hundred and twenty-three thousand two hundred and sixty. Using that stick, you shit, sir. <laughs> Three and I got was it fourteen loops? Yes. Your previous score, and I was quite happy about this, was one hundred and eight thousand. Yeah. And I was beating you by loads because I had one hundred and ten, and I got one hundred and forty. I thought, yeah, that's it done. I'm second because obviously, obviously, Mr. Charlie Farr in his own little world, his own little bubble yes. up there in the clouds, four hundred eighty-eight thousand six hundred seven, and he videoed himself doing it. Yeah. Harumph. Brilliant, and he got 140,000. 142,000 on the really difficult version of Arcade Club last night. And that had had an odd joystick, which it went down and left. It was really stiff and it wouldn't quite work. Mm. So against all adversity, he still did really well. He's good, isn't he? So well done you, sir, for pulling that out of your crazy arcade bag. Yeah, well, I, I got 150, didn't I? I got used to the stick, and then I got 150. Oh, did you? I thought you just went in straight on 323,000. I think, yeah, and then, I know what the secret is. You were talking to me as we were playing, and I, like, zoned out. So when, Oh, yeah. what, what do you mean by that? You just, my voice is boring. No, I was concentrating on talking to you, almost, like, just playing, like, just not. Do you know what? That is often the best way. I remember when I went to Alex's one time, we were just messing about doing something, and he said... Should we just bang the Donkey Kong? Yes, yeah, put it on. And I was showing him how I did a few things, I talked to him, and I beat my record. Mm. One go, first go. I yeah. played for months, I just did it. Yeah. So it's just being relaxed, I think, that does it. So any of the games, you have to come up and just talk to me. That will not happen. Or I'll come down then. Uh, I'll just throw you in the street. <laughs> Get out, sir. Get in with the other gutter snaps. Vic, I need a high score, I'm coming down. No, you're oh. not welcome. Go away. Oh. Right, the cabinet art. Nice. Awesome dedicated yellow Stern cab with two colour stenciled art on the side, orange and black. It's an excellent follow up to Stern's other big hit, Berserk, which mm. has a beautiful cab. Very similar looking cabinets. Yeah. The Scramble Marquee font is my favourite of all arcade cabinets. That sort of roundy tube writing. It's great, isn't it's it? It's amazing. I might have to have that on my wall. Mm. I do love this game, still love it. There is a table of this cab too. Zach got a licensed cab for Europe too, which we were playing last night. This is very colourful and garish, and I'm really not a fan of Zach cabs. Mm. Especially the horrible sticks and buttons. But the stick on that, it had a bit of a problem with it, but it was a nice feel, wasn't it? And the buttons, mm. they put softer touch buttons in, so that's better. I like the round portal kind of view through, that you get through the Zach It looks bezels. like a fishbowl, doesn't it? I like that. It looks good in Frogger. Yeah. They're Frogger's quite And nice. eyes, it looks great in eyes. Eyes one's quite nice, but I just don't like the, I don't like the shape of the cabs either. I'm not a fan. Mm. Even the stern cab had a nasty spike joystick. It didn't have a ball on top. It was just like a weird spike. Mm. Stern obviously didn't learn about their crap joysticks from Berserk. <laughs> uh, this is... Stern's second most popular game just after Berserk. No surprises. Scramble can be ported to many different hardware platforms. My Galaxian Macro Multiboard runs Scramble on it. It's a little bit of a weird version, but it works quite nicely. Mm. Scramble PCB can be hacked to quite a few other games too. Crazy Kong can even run on Scramble hardware. Do you know, it's worth mentioning, Scramble is a vertical game. Yes. Even though it's a horizontally scrolling Odd that, but it yeah. works really well. It does. You mm. could do with actually seeing more of the it might work better horizontally. I don't know. No. We can't change it now, can No, we? it's classic. It's not stone cold rock hard. It's not nineteen eighty one, we cannot change it. But a lot of a lot of the early games were vertical, weren't they? Mm. I'm not sure why. This is the obvious prequel to Konami's collection of Gradius and Nemesis games. Mm -hmm. There is a dip switch on the PCB to give you two hundred and fifty five lives, similar to what Turtles has, Toils. which is similar hardware. Ah, the four S's. 
Oh, we both had this. We both had a weird, trippy phenomena go on. Well, you messaged me, didn't you, and says, I think I've got a problem on the PCB. Well, on the title screen, you're watching it, and the star field at the back is slightly scrolling. It's moving. It Because I thought when I was playing it, I was playing it for quite a long time on a 14-inch model. I was playing it on my little little Isis cap, because mm. it's permanently in there. And I was playing it, and when you play it for a long time, it's always, always scrolling to always, always scrolling to the right. And when it stopped, you had the static screen saying, you know, play Scramble or whatever, or put 10 Ps in. I was looking at it, and I thought, oh, my monitor's broken. It was it was moving to the... Like, the hold was gone on the horizontal hold, and it was moving across to the side. And I was staring at it and thinking, no, it's an optical illusion. My eyes have gone weird. And I sent you a message saying, have you had this weird thing with it yet? And you said, are you drunk? And I went, no, I've not been drinking. I've just been playing the game. And we've called it the four S's. Yes. Sideways scramble scrolling syndrome. That took us ages to perfect that It took up. a while to <laughs> message. But it is. And you experienced it later on as well. Yeah, because I so was... it wasn't just my mad eyes. I was playing it for maybe two hours straight, and it went back to the title screen, and I thought, oh, mine's doing it as well. And then I put my finger on the screen yeah. just to check if it was moving, and it wasn't moving. Oh, Sideways it's... scrolling... No, hang on. Sideways scramble scrolling syndrome, kids. If you do get this, seek medical attention. It's weird. Or have some biscuits. Have some biscuits, sit down, don't Medicinal play the game. Medicinal biscuits. Yes. Let's sort it out. Don't play the game for a while. So this game, as classic it is, it's got a few ports and sequels. Super Cobra was the next one to scramble. If you thought scramble was hard, don't even bother with Super Cobra. It's super tough. It's much harder and has ten levels rather than six. And the rockets home in on you. The space invaders fire themselves at you as well, and it's got loads of caverns to fly through with rockets firing at you and ground targets firing at you at the same time. And the ground targets move. They move, yeah. Later levels. It's it's super hard, but I have a PCB of it, mm. and now that I'm not bad at scramble, I'd like to try and complete Super Cobra, but it is tough as old boots mm. and a bit unfair, I think. But I'm gonna try and do it. It's like yeah, they they threw. It's like a rushed sequel, in my opinion. It looks like they've taken the same code and just added stuff to it. Threw everything together. It's not as well-refined. No. I don't think they play-tested it as much, because Scramble is perfect. It's brilliant. Yes. Also, we need to mention, I think we sort of touched on it already, there is two ROM sets to Scramble, the hard one and the easier one. Mm. When we were playing Berserk, I was playing a lot of Scramble, because I got my board repaired and you know the sound was working. I was playing a lot of it in the Isis cab. And I've got two scramble boards, both Stern sets, because there's mm. Stern sets in the Konami, which were the originals, because Stern licensed it from Konami. And um, the only difference is, obviously, it's got Stern in it, and hasn't got the, the Konami signed above the building at the end. Yeah. And also, the, the end base is a different graphic. It looks different. But I was playing the Stern version, and I was sort of playing it. I was getting, like, two, three loops. I was doing quite well. I think the best I got before we started the challenge was 72,000. I thought it was quite good. Mm. And I wanted to do three loops. I think that was my target at the time. And I thought, the, the, the fuel is going down quite quickly. I can't remember it that quickly. And I actually looked on MAME. I, I had a quick look at the Kami version and looked at the fuel when you, you hit the first sort of peak hill on mm. the first level. And it had gone down about an inch on my monitor. And when I looked at the Stern version, the, the set two... It gone down about an inch and a half. Mm. It's about a third faster. So I thought, oh my god! And one of the bases, the little the little mysteries, was a fuel dump. So it's slightly different where the fuel is. Yeah. And the harder version has got three fuels right at the very end because you won't have enough fuel to do the game. Yeah. So they had to put those three into you to do it. Yeah. So it is different that version. So Supercarbo is rock hard, but Ve the Vectrex got an official port, which is really good. Which I had. 
Yeah. I, I've got it on... I had the cartridge of it, but I gave it to a friend of mine when I got my multi-car. So that's really good. In vectors, it really works. And the music's it's, almost spot on, isn't it's it? It's a great is really port. Good. And in the maze where you're flying through, you can actually bomb through the walls. Always remember that. All right. So you're going down, you you bomb, and your bombs land on a couple of fuel dumps before you actually get there, and then you can fly (laughs) through them. I I played it a hell of a lot when I was when I had my Vectrex when I was eleven or twelve. It's really easy, but you were saying. No, yeah, the fuel gets vicious later on. Yeah, I only ever sort of completed it once or twice and just didn't bother because it was too easy. I think that's. I didn't realise it got harder. That is going from memory. I'm gonna have to play it again. There's a fantastic, if you haven't got a Vectrex, there's a fantastic Vectrex emulator called Para, P-A-R-A-J-V-E. Okay. It's one of the best emulators of anything. It's just so amazingly well done. Yeah. They've emulated, the, they've even emulated the buzz when you turn the oh, machine. You've got to have a buzz on a Vectrex. And the, 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 the glow of the oh, cool. machine they've emulated. I've got one the on the iPad, it's really good. It might be the same thing, actually. Mm. I recognise the name. And even the curve of the screen they've emulated. Everything. Excellent, that's what needs to be it's done. It's just amazing. The work they've put into that. So check that out, kids. Atari 2600, believe it or not, got a homebrew of it recently, and it is excellent. I haven't seen that. You need to play it on emulation. I'll show you in a minute, actually, when we finish. It's really good. Mm. It even sounds like the original. For the 2600, it's amazing. It's so good. I'm, I might need to get that and burn it to a ROM, actually, so I can play it on my 2600. It's really, really good. Mm. It's really good. You can even play with a Mega Drive pad and use the extra button. You can use two buttons on it. Oh, wow. You've got to plug it in before you start the game, apparently, on original hardware, because it, it, it recognises it there. Right. So you can actually use that, but normally if you just press fire on the normal one, it fires and bombs at the same time, which is okay, but it's a really close game. There were hundreds of rip-offs on the 8 and 16-bit computers oh, at the yeah. time. I, I, mostly 8-bit computers. Often just spelling scramble with a K rather than a C, <laughs> yeah. and sometimes just blatantly ripped off the whole game with the name and all there was a VFD game of this those little LCD type crystal display games yeah which I had as a wee nipper I didn't have this one I did I had this one and I had Astro Blaster I think as well I have an Astro Blaster and I had some I had some Pac-Man ones I had some space I had loads of them when I was a kid because they were the, the nearest thing you could get if you didn't have a computer or whatever but Grandstand also made a handheld VFD licensed from Epoch of Japan and I had one of those as a kid ooh I loved it as a kid honestly mm. It's also on Konami 80s Classics on Konami 573 hardware, which I also have. Mm-hmm. It's on the classic 61 PCB. As we said, the sound is the nastiest on the whole PCB. Really painful to play, especially after the real thing. But after playing your board, mm-hmm. the main board, and the 60-in-1, I think the 60-in-1 is identical to... The gameplay is exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really close... We were yeah. talking last night, if we had to have one PCB mm-hmm. ever... I've always said I would just have 1942. I said I'd always have that. If if you're only allowed one. But now I would say, because 1942 is on the 16 one, I would have a 16 one. It is emulation, but it is a PCB. That is the one. If I only had to have one and you'd get shot, you'd get murdered by people. If you had another one, I would have the 16 one. I believe, from, from experience and memory, there's only one or two games on the 61 that aren't accurately emulated. Mm. And that's Donkey Kong Jr. But all the rest are almost perfect. What's wrong with that? There's a level on the chains level that he doesn't grab the chain properly, like you do in the real PC. Oh, because right. I've got the machine. When you're it. climbing up yeah. to the top. When yeah. you when you go down and grab, he doesn't grab it properly, he misses it sometimes. It's really odd. And there's no music on the sparks level. 
Oh. It just forgets to put the music on. It's really odd. But yeah, there's these little things that you'd never know unless you've got the original cabinets. Mm. But yeah, it's really good on there. A lot of um, Konami collections on more modern consoles have always got Scramble on it. Yeah. It's a minus 100 degree stone cold classic. Mm. I can't go on about how good this game is. We've got a little section called overall thoughts and improvements. Mm, we can't really improve it. Like yes, is the second time running where we like we said to, about Berserk, leave it as it is. It's perfect. Yes, and leave I it alone. Think, I think this is. If I had to do a scramble one point five, I've just thought of this as we've been recording. Okay, would me- I'd make it a bit harder. I'd play the Konami version, so the fuel's a bit more generous than the the stern set, whatever it is. is yes, it two. That's two. I think. Yeah, and also on the I'd say on the third loop through. Onwards, yeah. I would have the rockets coming up when you're doing the wibbly wobbly caverns. Yes, that would be a bit more difficult, wouldn't it? Yeah, because it doesn't get any more difficult. It just becomes an endurance. Because the wibbly wobbly space invaders is dead easy, isn't it? Mm. You never die on that level. Well, you do. It's just getting used to what what to do. Mm. But if rockets come at you as well, that'd be quite challenging. Yeah. And it? on the fireball level, if the rockets came at you, oh, that'd be evil. Yeah. 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 And, yeah you're right. You're right. And then I would have a random terrain generator. Scramble yeah. 1.75. Yeah. Would have, would have the five, you six You could probably sections. code that. If you were a good coder, you could do that. So it wouldn't be impossible to get through, but it would make it so it wasn't a pattern. You could mm. have to work it out every time. That'd be interesting. If someone yeah. did a different scramble with different terrain, because you know it so well now, I think it'd be great. If there are any Adrian Sea Monkeys out there who could do mm. this for us. Yes, please do that, please. He's the only person who's skilled enough to Give do it. Give us a ring on Tuesday night, we'll sort it. Mm. But you did put... You could put input initials on the high score screen. I'd love that. Because at the time, they could have done it, because Berserk was doing it, and it's a sort of similar type of game. But the amazing Mr. Phil Murray mm. has already sorted it. <laughs> he's working on a high score kit as we speak. I think he's completed it. Uh, it does have initials, and it will remember scores after power down. And I've seen it. I'm getting one very soon. And Phil has put my name on the high score table as a default <laughs> yes. score. Thank you, Phil. That's great. It's really good. I'm, I, and I think he's planning on doing a version for similar Scramble hardware as well. Oh, there's quite a few games. There's like, yep, yeah, Turtle, Super Cobra. I've got to lend him my Super Cobra PCB so we can do it for that one as well. Excellent. Which is excellent. So that's going to be done. Scramble hardware games, as I've gone on and on ad infinitum before about them are awesome there are so many from this era I love mm-hmm. and this is one of them well this game means a lot to me because it took me 26 years to complete <laughs> yeah, well yeah. I they? started playing this in a prison officers pub club in 1981 because my dad was a prison officer in a prison we, yeah in a prison mm-hmm. but this was on, on uh, a place called Omni Park in Rugby it was like a sort of uh, in a state where all the prison officers' families lived. And they had a little club there, like drinks and stuff. And I used to play it on a table machine. And I first managed to get to the base and unleash hell on it in the form of a pew-pew when I was 34 on my Goliath when I was playing Mame. <laughs> I was playing it one day, and I freaked out when I did it. I just went, I was dancing around the room. And my brother, who was living with me at the time, asked what the fuss was all about. He's like, what were you doing? And I, it was, when I told him how long and how I, I played it, I could never do it as a kid, and I always remember the big kids doing it, he was really pleased with me because he realised it took me 26 years to do the game. Mm. And when we started playing this, I could already loop the game once or twice with ease, but my goal was to at least loop it three times or get to the sixth scoring digit, which is 100,000, and to see if the score rolled over to zero and it doesn't, it goes 100,000. 
And I managed to do that and more. I got to the seventh base, and you got to the fourteenth base. Mm. So that I did everything I wanted to do on this podcast. I, I played the game. I looped it more than three times. I got over a hundred thousand, and I still love it. And always, yeah, I am still not bored of it. It's great. Well, I'm going to leave it plugged into my little sub-electro ISIS machine. And I've got a jammer switcher, PCB switcher in there, so I can have scramble and another game. But the scramble is actually screwed to the inside of the the cabinet, and it mm. ain't coming out. I might leave the hard version in there because that's what's in there at the moment. Mm, it is more challenging. I yeah. do enjoy it. Yeah, it's, it's more fun. We got to, I got to the third loop through on that last night, or maybe the fourth. I got ninety thousand. I think I was on three when I did. I got seventy two. And you have to hit every single fuel. You can't miss them. You're going to crash in because when you, your fuel runs out, your your rocket just falls out of the sky. Mm. And even if you hit a, a fuel on the way down, it doesn't replenish you. You just die. Mm. That's it. I was thinking about this recently, where I, I was talking to you and someone else about how we develop as players and a lot of people you speak to they say oh I was, I was a, br- a lot better on this back in the day yeah but no I, I got think, a lot better as I got older I think I have improved and I think it's because infinite 10 pences yeah you don't have to queue up for anything the infinite pence show you can just play anything until you get better and better at it yeah. and I'm a bit more determined I think than I used to and you can also be. watch other people playing on YouTube and stuff yeah and, oh, yeah, and if yeah. you like you go to arcade club every other week or whatever you can watch people playing and get their knowledge as well. Mm. Yeah, do, you know, think, do you know what I used to do I'm as a better, kid? Better than I used to be. When I was a kid, like eight, nine years old, when it first came out when I was that age, I used to play at this club. Mm. Obviously, that was the only place you could play it, in the mm. arcade or uh, you know, a club, whatever. And I even turned my TV on it, so my little black and white TV on its side, while I was playing Space Invaders on my Ace Tronic to pretend I was playing Scramble. No way! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Idiot child I was. But that was what you did as a kid. You yeah. used your imagination. I, I remember the first game that I properly queued up for. I was thinking of this recently, this holiday camp somewhere, and it was Kung Fu Master. Yeah. And I used to queue up for it. Big line of kids, got your 10p in, died on the first level because you'd had no practice, <laughs> straight to the back of the queue. Ooh. So you're not going to get better at it, are you? You're just no. going to have one go every half an hour. And the big kids would shove you off out of yeah. the way anyway. Yeah. Great memories, or maybe not. Yes. Hardware Heroes. Or, I have put, Hardware Zeros, the Deco Data East Corporation cassette system. Who thought that this was a good idea, Mr. <laughs> Mullen? Who, who created well, this monster? Well, I'm not owning it. It wasn't my idea. There were 48 games released on this system. On standard, they weren't standard audio cassettes. They were little ones, like little Dictaphone cassettes, weren't they? Yeah. So that wasn't standard for a start. They were loaded onto the PCB's ROM chips along with a security dongle, so you couldn't just copy the games, you know, like 8-bit computer games. A few good ones to note, a very small few, are Mad Alien, Super Astro Fighter, Lock and Chase, Burger Time, Peter Pepper's Ice Cream Factory, and Bold Dash. That's it, out of 48 games. The others are rubbish. But weren't Burger Time done on other hardware Yeah, it was well? on PCB. I think yeah. um, Lock and Chase was as well. They were normal yeah. PCBs, so there's no load times. The games took two to three minutes to load up and were terribly unreliable. Remember loading tape games in your old 8-bit computer and how frustrating that was when it didn't work? Mm. Same thing here. Imagine how annoyed you'd be if that was your business and a big lumpy arcade machine and your arcade wasn't working during trading hours because this thing wouldn't work. The cassettes were demagnetised easily inside a hot, grubby arcade machine. Probably isn't the best place to store cassettes. And arcade owners obviously got frustrated with this technology. I bet the PCBs were hacked easily to run without the dongles too. Look at the size of the hardware. It's the size of a small moon. <laughs> we'll put a picture of this on there. It's, a, it's like a three or four stack 
metal cage with ribbon cables everywhere. And then there's this big massive cassette thing, which I think you, you slot it into a little box and push it down like a NES yeah. and then put the lid down on it. The hardware is based on M6502 at only 750 kilohertz oh, and another one at 500 kilohertz. That is slower than a 1977 Apple II. Even they have one megahertz CPUs. It's not quick, is it's it? It's rubbish. Just out of interest, if, if you played the Deco cassette burger time and the normal burger time and are they the same no because on main the deco cassette games you have to wait for them to load it emulates loading yeah i know yeah. and i can't be bothered to wait i just play the normal version i think they are exactly the same Ooh. next show's game right let's wrap this one up and i've got to drive four hours home oh i'll probably have sophie alice backstore and have a bit of karaoke so no matter. sophie what sophie alice backstore matter on the dance floor let's don't believe this groove dj i'm gonna put my massive Burn chin down damn house right she's down. a massive chin but she's a massive lo- wide face oh she is a goddess leave her alone oh, my face is wide you keep hitting me you deserve it we son. shouldn't do podcasts sat together you no keep hitting me. i can just reach you from here i'm gonna get laugh on you oh so this next show's game. Yes, it is my pick. Yes, I asked. Can we have an old, obscure one, possibly? Uh, this is old. It's not as old as we've been playing. Okay. It's a complete wild card. I've, I've played it for five, ten minutes. And oh, I've is it Alan it. Syndrome? It's not Alan Syndrome. Oh, I want to play Alien Syndrome. It's Motos or Motos, a Namco game from 1985. Okay. It's a single screen game where you're a car ramming other games off the playfield. Other cars off the play field, even. Yes. Right, we're going to play it on the default difficulty settings, which is three lives, rank A difficulty, and a bonus life at 10,000, 30,000, and every following 50,000. Okay. And it looks interesting. I say it's a wild card because I don't know if I'm going to like it or hate it. It's not a shooter. It's not, not a, a platform shooter. game. It's not a jumping game. It's, it's not a maze game. It's a, it is obscure. You it's wanted obscure. It's quite original as well, isn't it? You've got obscure there. Thank friend. you very much, then. Mm. Okay. Before we go, Yay. don't forget this, kids. Mm. Listen on. We're going to put in the interview I had with Alex Crowley, Nintendo Arcade, about the Skyskipper project. Awesomeness. So here's about a 25-minute bit of talking with Alex and I. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. And we'll talk to you in two weeks' time. Thanks for watching, kids. We'll see you again soon. Goodbye. I am in the Nintendo Arcade. Again, with Mr. <laughs> Alex Crowley. For the second time. You record this time. Yes, I pressed record. I pressed record last time, you cheeky monkey, but somehow <laughs> Audacity didn't work and it, it lost it. So oh. we're back again. It's always a pleasure, anyway, yeah, Alex, so it don't matter. Yeah. How are you, old son? I'm good, mate. Yeah, good to be back on the podcast. Uh, I just had a go your NES Mini. It's good, isn't it? It's cute. It's really yeah. cute, and I like it. It is good. I thought you would have saved it for yourself for Christmas, maybe. Oh, I can't resist. And we had okay. your BBC B up and running. Let's just make the BBC noise. It's not doing it. It's going to make <laughs> make it beep. Boop. Does it take you back to school? It does, actually, it yeah. It does, doesn't it? I love that. Right then, mate, I'm here for a reason. One of many, obviously, to see you. We're going to talk a little bit about Skyskipper. Hmm. Because the project, as everyone should know by now, is going quite well, isn't it? Yeah, it's going really well. And you've released some little secrety things going on. Yeah, it's taken which a while. I 
and selective friends knew about already, but we weren't allowed to say anything just mm. yet. And the Broken Token podcast, Whitney and Brent, are going to do go into all that themselves as well. Yeah. Because obviously it's you and Whitney, the main guys. But we'll have a quick chat about what's been going on there and who's involved with it, because a few little names have come up. Yeah, well, a lot of people... Big players in the community, obviously. Yeah. So can you tell us, firstly, where the project is at the moment? The project is... Um, still working on the artwork we're still working on the bezel because um, it's all been scanned off the original cabinet yeah but because the cabinet that we saw or Whitney saw NOA really looked like a prototype really it looked unfinished yeah um, because, it's in a standard sort of Donkey Kong blue cabinet wasn't yeah, it yeah but it, it never went in production it was never released so yeah. we believe it was a prototype that they they put out on canvas and they play tested, it didn't do well. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the control panel overlay, it looks like it's white, like paper finish. Which, ah. if you look at all the other Nintendo cameras, they're all bright, vibrant colours. And they're plastic, they're printed on the back of plastic on the reverse yeah. print on there. But this one, if it, I suppose if it was a, a prototype, they wouldn't have bothered going that far, because that would have, you know, they'd have to have the inks made up and, exactly. the, and the printing press and all this sort of production. Yeah. So they wouldn't have needed that, I suppose. So what we're doing is finishing the game off. Lovely. Right, so it mm. won't look exactly like the one that we saw at NA. We're finishing the what they never finished. But nobody knows how it's going to end up, do no. they? So you're making a, a really cute approximation of exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And just filling in the colours, you know, because the cabinet we believe was in a window, so one side of the cabinet is kind of sun bleached. Oh yeah, okay. So a lot of the colours have to be put back in. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, which Ollie's doing a fantastic job of. Just filling all the little bits that are missing. Yeah. You know? So, Whitney is a lucky dog, is he not? He got he invited is. to Nintendo of America. He did. And uh, he saw some nice things there, I presume. Oh, it was incredible. The day he arrived at NOA, because he had a big checklist, and we were talking every week on Skype what we needed, all the questions we wanted to ask, yeah. all the things we needed, you know, the camera, the scanner, batteries, more batteries in case the other batteries didn't run <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. You know, you everything there and keys to get in the cabinet. Oh yeah, in case of course. There was no, you know, because I needed to see that PCB. I needed to know that it matched up with mine. Yes. Otherwise, you know, I could have sold Whitney a dud board, a fake board. <laughs> he wouldn't have been happy. Yeah. So all of those things on the checklist, and he got there, and he he he, he rang me and he said, oh, "I forgot the keys." No. So, <laughs> I said, "Well, don't worry. You know, it's not." be on end or if we don't see the PCB it's the artwork that we need yeah um, that's all on the outside of the cabinet. exactly really yeah I mean that would have been the icing on the cake you mm. know but um, so he arrived there and he was greeted by the chief executive there and he was shown around the employees area yeah and then he was taken over to another building where they keep all the archives all the secret and rare stuff wow <laughs> We would have gone uh, in there with really big pockets, wouldn't we? Just yeah. come out and filled up. Yeah, I mean... It's... No, we wouldn't do a thing like that. We wouldn't do a thing like that. But yeah, the whole experience was amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving loads out because he spent a, a good hour or two, I think, in the employees area yeah. where they have the whole history of Nintendo. Oh, that'd be amazing on its own, wouldn't it? Yeah, just seeing it. He said, like, you touch little tabs on the floor and, like, a hologram would appear of the so history cool. of Zelda. You touch it again and it just goes back and back in time, telling you the whole history. And there was 
some Nintendo cabinets in there as well. I think oh, there wow. was an F Zero in there, uh, Donkey Kong, and a few others. Radar scope, I read. Radar scope cockpit. Oh, that's yes. super rare. There was quite a few. Well, I say quite a few. There are a few known. It's yes. not a one-off, is it? No. They actually did that in production, but there's not yes. many left. Yes. Wow. Quite a rare game. No sheriff, so. Hmm. Um, but yeah. So they showed them all around there and then they said well I've got to take you to the other building where Skyskipper is so he arrived over there and it was literally walking into a big white room they'd obviously taken it out of the warehouse yeah. unwrapped it for the first time in 30 years wow you know this is how long it's, it's been it's in nice there. to know they've, they've wrapped it probably and kept it safe yeah but to open it for us for our project for the first time in 30 years is just unbelievable really and he was in there when he first saw it he just like wow you know he couldn't believe it how much intact it was and he couldn't believe that um, it had 22,000 plays wow they tested it pretty well then didn't they yeah I mean that sheriff there has got about the same amount oh right Um, but that was on location your sheriff yeah that was on location but if you mean if you compare as they were saying with Donkey Kong that got over 100 and clocked it Mm. You know, that's what they were comparing it to at yeah, the time. Yeah, of course. It's five times and less popular, then, isn't it? But, you know, I think it would have done pretty well. I mean, I can't imagine Donkey Kong 3 doing that much better, really. Yeah, yeah, and that was released. Yeah. But it had the DK name, didn't it? Yeah, so it might have done a little bit better. And everyone sort of knew the, the, the gorilla, Donkey yeah. Kong and stuff, so... So, yeah, so luckily the keys were in the cabinet oh, so he managed to get inside and sure enough the the PCB matched up with mine which was a massive relief yeah. he sent me a picture of that straight away I thought brilliant phew um, but the cab wasn't working the game didn't work mm-hmm. so we have the only two working games now um, which is quite incredible but yeah it just looked like a prototype that's the first thing he noticed yeah. it didn't look finished Yeah. do you know what I mean because it had that white CP um control panel overlay yeah um she sat there with him the historian for one minute i think he said he was in there for about five hours wow. scanning this thing and taking pictures of every single nook and cranny. it's really nice of them to help you out this isn't yeah it? a big company like that you wouldn't expect that yeah and if you went to you went to apple for instance and you said oh i'm doing a project on apple twos yeah they just shoot you out the door I know. and you wouldn't even get in I well to be honest with you i don't think there's any love for this game there at all and mm. there was talk of them giving it away, oh. she said. Because they had other cabs in there. Not Nintendo ones. They had, I think he said they had Williams cabs in there. Oh, right. Which, whether they might have used as sort of like playtesting against their games or whether it was just like for employees' use, for well, recreation. Been in, yeah, in the rec room, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And they all went to a museum uh, in America. I can't remember what it's called now. The Museum of... Because this is in Seattle, isn't it? Yeah, it went, they They're, all went to a museum. They were th- thinking of donating this skyskipper to this museum as right. well. Because there is, um, I think it's called the Living Computer Museum That's in it, Seattle. Yeah, I think a lot yeah. of those cabs in there from, there from NOA. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah. Well, when I went there, it was a year or two ago, and they, I think they were just getting the thing off the ground because they had lots of old computers there. Mm. But I went downstairs and I had to go to the bathroom or something and I sort of shifted around the corner and I could see loads of things on pallets yeah. ready to come in. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Wow. I had a quick look. Yeah, Not as you do. would sort yeah. of thing. But yeah, that was a really interesting place to go. And if they've got arcade games there, because they had lots of computers running running games, which was quite nice, like yeah. Ataris and you know, Colecos and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting where it all comes from. But if that was to happen, it'd be nice for other people to see it as well, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. 
We well, I mean, the way on, she though. was talking to Whitney, I mean, she could see his passion with mm. the game. And, um, and Whitney, bless him, is a passionate man. <laughs> yeah, I think he kind of was hoping that she would say, well, do you want it? <laughs> yeah, he's gone, I'll just back my truck Which, up. In actual fact, it would have been a good thing, because if it's just going to get locked up for another 30 years... That'd be played, wouldn't it? Cool, because Whitney would get it fixed it. as well. Exactly. Being the broken token, those guys fix stuff. Exactly. So, you know, they'd get it fixed pretty soon, I would have thought. So, yeah, I mean, they gave him a load of goodies while he was there. Nice. Um, which was nice of them. And, yeah, he had a fantastic day, you know. I mean, now we've got everything we want. We've got all the files that we want. We can work to get a cabinet pretty much exactly the same as the one at NOA, but finished, you yeah. know, in our way. Um, it's going to be lovely and colourful. I've seen some of the scans already. Oh, it's, it's, it's nice and colourful. Yeah, the, the, the artwork on all Nintendo games are great, but this is something really special. Yeah. It really is. And it's that one in NOA was 001. It was the first one ever wow. made. I think... The chief executive have a, the chief executive there had a soft spot for that one. Yeah. All the others were destroyed. Oh, what a shame! And there was twelve that were made. Twelve, yeah, a dozen of them. Yeah. The funny thing is, they must have thought something of the game. Maybe this is why, as you just said, the guy mm. liked it. It came out in Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Yeah. Well, I think they'd done a deal already. Ah, um, the rights for Atari. It. Yeah, it's something to do with that. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I don't think that even sold well because you can see carts on eBay, brand new, sealed for next to nothing. Oh, I don't really? think it sold particularly well. It's not a rare game. Because we actually did it for the podcast early on, didn't we? Yeah, when we played we it. We did. Yeah, it was. It was a fun game. It, it's, it's a lot better um, than some rubbish games. It's it really. Uh, it's is. not a fan. It's not the best game for, for sure. But I mean, I played a lot worse. I quite. Oh like yeah, it. absolutely. You yeah. know, it's nothing to dislike about it but it's not a game that's probably going to last you forever it's better than Rolling Thunder yeah <laughs> exactly it has got a lot of replay it's four levels well we got quite into it didn't we because you, you got quite far in yeah. it I didn't get as far as you you were better at it than me but we are getting quite into it we were revealing other little things and yeah. it was, if I remember rightly was there a little tune from Donkey Kong Jr in there there is snippets they, they, from they other they pinched a little they, bit from another is, game yeah which it's is quite very unusual, and because it's based on cards, you know, because Nintendo yeah, created cards. That's right, they had Hanafuda, wasn't it? Hanafuda, so they've kind of taken that, which I really like. Mm. It's a bit of history thrown it's in. The, it's the old hearts, diamonds, clubs and spades, isn't that's it? That's right, so if you get a, like a flush, um, you get a bonus, and there's that whole risk-reward element with the fuel as well, you that's know. That's right, you've got land to get extra fuel. Exactly. So I must have to go back home and play it lot, later on. There's you know, a lot going on in it, it, you know. There's, there's nothing yeah. to dislike. It's it's not it's not terribly simple. There is different things to do. Yeah, I mean the, the graphics of the backgrounds are a bit harsh, a bit blocky. Yeah, but the actual sprites are really nicely Amazing. drawn, aren't they? Yeah, you can actually see the, the propeller going round on the head. I wonder if that's the, another the... reason it wasn't finished. They didn't quite finish off the the detail of the backgrounds. Could be, could be. Because yeah. back then as well, you couldn't have that much going on the screen. You think about Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Junior. Mm. There's it's black background and there's a few things stuck on it. There's not yeah. a lot going on in the background, so maybe yeah. that's what's why they left it. Like yeah, that. T- yeah, we'll never know, will we? We never know. Do you know who programmed it? I presume it's a Japanese company. Ikigami again. Yeah, but they they yeah. don't they don't exist anymore. No. I presume. We've tried. I mean, there's loads of questions still unanswered about the game. You know, yeah, I still impossible want to know, ones to answer. I still they? want to know who for sure who did all the artwork for these cabinets. I mean, yeah. we know Miyamoto came on board at Sheriff, yeah. and it shows because every cab before Sheriff is pretty bland. Yeah, it's just and stripes then, and lines, aren't they? And, on the and you look at that and you think, wow, someone's really taking an effort to to create something really 
beautiful there. Especially on that coin mech plate there. <laughs> the that, coin mech, Vic, is the best thing on there, mate. It's lovely, I made that. You did a fantastic Listen job. Listen, everyone, I'm pressing the button. <laughs> yeah, I did a little bit of engraving for you on that. looks quite you nice, did, didn't yeah, it? that's fantastic. I forgot I did that until I, I just that. turned around. But yeah, I reckon he probably did do the artwork but oh, you just want to know for sure you just want to know from someone from the company to go yeah this guy did the artwork this guy did the graphics you know right question is have you and Whitney been on to Miyamoto no you want to try sending him an email yeah I'm sure if you put down Sheriff or Skyskipper it might pique his attention or at least his assistants who will yeah. then show him the email because obviously he's high up and I'm waiting for him guy. to turn up in London at HMV yeah. so I can take the bezel up there and get him to sign it oh that'd be amazing <laughs> the thing is though if that was the case he probably hasn't seen that bezel for 30 odd no. years no. so I think he'd be quite impressed that someone has one yeah. especially in the UK so far from Japan yeah so let's talk now about Skyskipper again and some of the people involved in helping you. Mm. Now, we now know the legendary haircut himself, Mr. Billy Mitchell, yes. has been on the case. Yes. So, I don't know if our listeners already know this, but Billy Mitchell is a top-notch bloke. Mm. He's a really nice guy. He's this big bad guy in the film that yes. everyone's seen, which is nonsense, because I've, I've met him You've before met him, the film was out. Yeah, I met you him, met him yeah. years ago, didn't you? Yeah, and he was a lovely bloke. He's, yeah. he's an ambassador for video games. It's as simple mm. as that. He was signing stuff for us. He was giving away hot sauce. And next time I go to America, I'm going to have to go to Ricky's chicken because that's he owns those oh, diners and they've got some good chicken and hot sauce they better have some machines in there as well I don't know if they do I would have thought they would you think so wouldn't you yeah oh, hopefully we'll get to talk to Mr Billy Mitchell one day mm. I think uh, we're, we're putting some moves about to try and have a chat with him well the plan is for them to come over oh really yes here oh that'd be interesting yes so you will get to meet him again and you can get to interview him yeah that'd be which really would be cool. awesome for your podcast it would yeah it'd be really nice because you've done a lot for the community I think so it'd be good to I hope so yeah because yeah. I'd like to talk to Billy about because mm. everyone talks to him about you know, King of Kong and all the stuff mm. he's done in the past there's loads of stuff he, he's doing now he helps yeah. people along he's been in production with the other films about arcade games like mm. um the, the one about Nibbler. Yes. And I think he was in... I think he's been in just about all of them, hasn't he? Yeah. He knows Richie Knuckles, all these other famous people. Exactly, I'm sure he knows yeah. Doc Mack and all these... Well, I think he likes to honour not just people that get try and get high scores, but people who do something for the community, like yourself, you know. Yeah. People that take cabinets to events, he wants to honour them. People that do podcasts, you know. Yeah. Anybody other than just people getting high scores. Yeah. It's a big community, and he does a lot for that. He helps a lot of them out. Yeah, yeah, because the Broken Token, they, they they obviously do a lot of the shows in the south, yeah. where, where they live, or near where they live. And Billy Mitchell was at one of those, and then... Whitney was saying how he just sort of grabbed him yes. and he was there for like 10 minutes just talking that's to him that's right because he loves to talk about games which is great and I'd like to know a bit more about himself and what he plays now yeah. and I'm sure he's a busy guy but it'd be nice to know exactly we know he's good at Donkey Kong mm. Donkey Kong Jr and obviously Pac-Man mm. but I think he's got world records in quite a few other games I'm as sure well I'm sure he has yeah. and it'd be nice to know sort of what other games or what other games he, he would like to get yeah. if, he, if he went back into it and yeah. I'm sure he could just flick his wrist and get yeah. the world record you know what oh, like oh definitely yeah he's a top player isn't he but it's funny how it came about with that how he met Billy at that event do tell because I think um, Whitney was comparing there and yes 
and Billy was there, and it just dawned. I think we had he had a conversation with me the day before, mm-hmm. and it suddenly just dawned on on Whitney that. Billy should be the person he should be asking about Skyskipper. Yeah, because it quite good ties with Nintendo. Well, because Kong. exactly, he got the world record at Donkey Kong, and I think he was invited to NOA oh. to be awarded or, you know, whatever you whatever you do when you get a world record. But, I mean, it's a big bonus for Nintendo at that time. If you're promoting, you get a world record at Donkey Kong, you're kind of promoting it, aren't you? Yeah, the game. Absolutely. So he yeah. did a lot to, to Donkey Kong in a when way. he did that as well, it was quite a long time ago. When he, he got on the front cover of Time magazine, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. So he got invited to NOA, and it turned out that um, he actually played Skyskipper. Oh, really? So you remembered it? Then. Oh. And according to Pilly, that he actually was offered the cabinet oh. as a gift, and he turned it down. Oh, no. <laughs> oh that's a shame, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so. And he's like, oh, I can't believe that. You know, that's amazing. And then, then Billy said, well, look, you know, I can really see how much passion you've got towards this, and I really want to help you with this project. I've got some great contacts, obviously, because I've been to NOA. Mm-hmm. Let me put you in touch with them. Cool. So he put us in touch with Jerry Momoa, who was a, a play tester there at NOA. Mm-hmm. He turned out to be really, really helpful. And he put us in contact with another guy, Frank. And then before you know it, we've got uh, an interview with the chief executive of of operations at NOA. And the whole date was set up, you know, two months later. Cool. You know, it was was a long old thing, but it finally got there. A lot of these projects we we go into, whether it be an arcade raid or restoration or bringing a cab from another country, it does take a long, long time to get there, doesn't it? But I think it, it... Especially when it works out, and you, you have get to build there. up that rapport with people. Don't yeah, you? yeah. You, know, you can't just go in there gun blazing. It, people don't like that. No. It, and Whitney was the ideal person because I don't know. He's just got a lot of patience, a lot of passion, obviously. But yeah, I don't know. He he, he was just brilliant. He was the right man to sell the board to. And I'm so glad that he got the board and I'm so glad that he got to and I'd love to have been there don't get me wrong I mean I don't do jealousy and all that but I would love to have been there of course yeah of course but without well, him so would I yeah say. but everyone but without him it wouldn't have, none of this would have happened mm, yeah so it had to go to an American such a long guy. way away as well and yeah. it's even a long way from Whitney because he's in, in Louisville yeah and then it's Seattle but luckily he works At he Microsoft, goes there to work yeah, so and their offices are opposite so awesome <laughs> yeah. what a great place to hang yeah. out I'm just nipping across to Nintendo yeah. to play a few games. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. Yeah, it'd be cool. It was cool. So we've got Billy Mitchell on board as well. How cool Billy is Mitchell's, that? yeah. He's, he, he's be the there. guy. He's yeah. the main man, he's isn't he? He's the face of arcades, isn't he? The community, really. Absolutely. And he wears some wicked ties. Yeah, he does. He looks <laughs> the business, doesn't he? Yeah. So it'd be nice to meet him again, actually, if yeah. he comes over. We're talking about yeah. arcade club or whatever. Well, the plan is to do the big reveal at um, the K- Kentucky Fried Gaming event. I think it is a... Yeah. I, I can't say for definite, but I think that's the one. I know of that one because that's the one yeah, that that's the one closest one to Whitney, isn't do. it? Yes. Yeah, so I think it's that one. We haven't got exact date, but we're looking around about March, and then around about October next year, we'll do my reveal of my cabinet. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, around about October. But I'm not sure of the event yet. Yeah. Oh, um, work it out later. That's a long yeah, way off, isn't it? Yeah. But awesome. then, but we've you know we're hoping that Billy and Walter Day are going to come over here for that as well. Harp and Walter as well, actually. yeah. It's so cool. that'd be cool, wouldn't it? It will, yeah. It'd be really nice. Show them some of our hospitality for a change. Yeah. So I mean, I've got a lot to do. I mean, I haven't got as much to do as Whitney because he's got his ca- got to get his cab ready for March. Mm, yeah. 
but I've got to get my plane ticket for Mark because I you know, plan to fly over there. You're not going to run? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, mate. You will I've never been. It. Yeah, I've, I've been trying to sort of uh, get an itinerary ready for you, sort of tell you where yes. to go. There's so many places you can go. Yeah. But, you you know, is there enough hours in the day to do it? I didn't find enough hours in the day no. when I was over there. Um, but, yeah, you've got, oh, you've mate, got to do this, and you've got to go here, and you've got to go there, and you've got to have some chicken here, and you've got to have a burger mate, there and do this. It's my absolute dream to go to America. It yeah. really is my dream. It always has it. been. Yeah, I want to... I mean, I when I was 18, I had a map of the USA on my bedroom wall, and I had planned out sort of like Route 66, right, yeah, like, yeah. you know, to sort of go, um, what do you call it, hitchhiking across and yeah. stuff like that. But you know, would, you, would he become a she? <laughs> you know the song. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward. At the same time, I'm really nervous about it, to be honest with you. You'd be cool. Those yeah. guys will look after you. Yeah. I mean, the the hospitality, especially in the South, yeah. is second to none. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's brilliant. And you'll eat so well. Yeah. You'll have a great time. And everyone will look after you. I just want to get in a General Lee and go over a ramp going, yeah. <laughs> and then crash and burn. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that's uh, interesting stuff. Hopefully, you'll keep us posted on future yeah. developments. And I want to play it before it goes yeah. out as well. Well, hopefully, I'll have it up and running. I've got that Popeye cabinet, but there's a few yes. things wrong with it. Um, all in good but, time yeah but hopefully before Christmas I'll have it in here up and running because I want to play test it constantly I don't want to go yeah. over there with it, it break down exactly That's you know what these worry. stupid PCBs exactly. are like can you imagine that yeah exactly well the thing is you've got two PCBs well, so to take both of them over there you have to be really unlucky if they both went down yeah and there's so many guys over there who can fix stuff yeah you know, we, we know it works now fine yeah if anything went wrong it'd be minor yes and it could be fixed easily so yeah. don't worry about it it's yeah. great but you know what these silly things are like, then you least expect it. They just yeah. go, no, Sorry about it. So, Don't excellent. So, it. hopefully, we'll talk again in the future, not too far, when you get some new developments. Definitely, mate. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for talking to us. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 Arcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. <laughs>